LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past four. You're well. Good, 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 good. Oh, it's so warm in here this morning. I don't know why. We just sort of, we, Rupert and I have agreed that it's summer. Although I saw a woman yesterday walk around in Ugg boots. Ugg boots. And then I saw somebody else wearing a sweater walking through. Tra- a sweater, I ask you. I mean, really? What sort of lowlife wears a sweater in the summer? Yeah, the producer. I mean, and, and freely admits it. Yes, I wear a sweater. Perhaps these people do not feel heat. I can understand that. I mean, like, the trouble is, I do, I'm terrible in the heat. I know I moan about it every day, but I moan about everything. That's the whole idea of listening to Steve Allen on LBC. He moans. But he's always right. I've listened to him for years now, and he's always right. He's never got anything wrong. It's like, there's a lovely little bit in the paper today talking about Geordie Babe, still no job in sight, for Cheryl Cole has been house hunting in Newcastle. And uh, the ex-Girls Aloud star has set her heart on a £6.75 million mansion in the exclusive Darren Hall suburb after visiting the air with her mum, Joan Callahan, A source said Cheryl has become more drawn to her Newcastle roots. That'll be a council flat then, dear, will it? Or your Newcastle... Who do you think you're in touch with then? The trouble is, you know, nouveau riche people who live in these sort of areas, they don't want people like you living there. That's the last thing. Oh, God, Cheryl Coltman. Oh, God, oh, that's it. That's killed the area. There's no point in putting somebody like her... You know, if, you, if you're going back to your roots, don't move back to your roots and then move into a big posh area in a multi-million pound house because you alienate everybody. Poor soul, honestly. Of course, it's just PR puff. She won't be buying any house up there worth 6.75 million. There's one of the guys, actually... Is it Zane? Zane Malik. Uh, he's, he's so rich that he's bought his mum a house in Bradford in West Yorkshire. 250,000 quid. But up there you get quite a lot for your money. Down here, of course, that's just about a one-bedroom flat in Chelsea, if that. But uh, his, his mum, who I think works as a, as a school cook, she said, I will continue working despite my son's superstar success. Don't get too carried away, love. It could all finish next year and then your superstar son will be sitting there going, oh, what shall I do now? I was watching the terribly tragic, and God knows it was tragic, this... Uh, programme on ITV2 where they bring all these aged pop stars back again who've got such filthy mouths on them. You're so glad that their careers failed and disappeared because they were just so ghastly. And we had uh, five where one of them has had a, has had a breakdown. Uh, one of them didn't want to go back in the group. Uh, one's become Jamaican. Uh, there's another one who's a pretty boy who's got a bar in Australia. Make of that what you will. And, uh, and it, was, it was sort of talking about them all coming back. And then they had some other people from, I think, Liberty X. They were another dreary band. But because they were the failures. They were the flop stars. And then they got taken up, I think, by Richard Branson. And then uh, it took off and they got a number one. And then, apparently, Michelle Heaton, who's always been the attention seeker in the group, was going out there and she was partying. But she was also doing diet pills. She was doing diet pills for years and it made her ill. You know, and you think, well, of course, if you're a bit thick like you, darling, of course they're going to make you ill. You've been doing them for two years. And then she was worried because she thought she was fat. You know, like, I worry about the fact that I'm fat, but I wouldn't do diet pills. I have done in the past. Years and years and years ago, I thought if that was the way forward, and the doctor prescribed tenuate dospan, but unfortunately, tenuate dospan was just a mild form of, uh, of speed, of an amphetamine. And the idea is it speeds up your metabolism, so you don't want to eat so much. In fact, sometimes you'd have to remind yourself to eat. I decorated a house on tenuate dospan. Because you're sitting there thinking, I think I'll paint that wall. Next thing, you've got the paints down, you're, you know, I'm all over the place. 
So uh, when I was watching Dreary Michelle Heaton, I thought, you know, you were as attention-seeking then as you are now. And uh, anyway, I couldn't really care less about any of the groups. They, they could all disappear up their own trouser leg, as far as I'm concerned. Other stories of the papers for today. They've got this, this, they're still running this story now. Apparently now there's fears for TV Helen. Helen Flanagan fears for her, because her boyfriend, whatever he is, uh, Scott Sinclair, drag queen, and uh, big show in Blackpool, uh, is apparently been texting this Donatella Paniatu. This, I mean, she's so unattractive, it's almost a joke. You know, I mean, compared to Helen Flanagan, who's sort of averagely attractive, but is a bit thick, Donatella is just desperately unattractive and has got no talent whatsoever, but they laughingly put her down as a TV presenter. And uh, she tries to do sexy, but unfortunately, when, you, when you're a little fat midget, it doesn't kind of work. You know, there is no sex there. There is, there is no sexual chemistry or anything at all. She's desperate for a bit of attention. And she's not been in the papers for a couple of years, so she goes on. It's like Kelly Brook. Loads of lovely pictures of Kelly Brook in the paper. Can't act for toffee. She couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. It's so difficult. People just think, I think I'll be... The, the laugh yesterday, the laugh yesterday was um, Peter Andre, who loves his kids. And he's desperately trying to find something, you know, to keep the public interested in him and his boring life, because he doesn't do anything. You know, Peter Andre goes shopping with a film crew, and then Peter loves his fans. You know, of course he does, but then you could probably take out zippity doo and he'd get fans as well at the same time. You could take anybody out. You know, if you turn up with a film crew, people go, oh, look at it, it's Peter Andre. It'd be so easy for Peter Andre to walk around a supermarket, but whenever he goes out in his tracksuit bottoms, he's over 40, and he goes out with the film crew, of course you're going to get all these sort of funny people who hang around. You go, oh, it's Peter Andre. Have a picture taken. Yeah, of course you are. Love you. Love you. And you think, you're sad. Anyway, Peter Andre let slip the other day, because obviously work is a bit thin on the ground. He's a bit Kerry Coke toner. You know, she doesn't have any work either, just been dropped as the face of that, that uh, ghastly company hike up the percentage rates if you want to borrow money because she's just declared herself bankrupt for the second time somebody's having a laugh here in other words let's earn loads of money let's not bother paying any of it back let's not bother doing our bit let's live in a very nice house but then stick two fingers up to you (laughs) she doesn't care about you she just puts herself into bankruptcy and that's it she doesn't have to pay anything I mean frankly I think prison kids in care her in prison solve solve the problem immediately Anyway, so Peter Andre let slip the other day that he would he would consider uh, a job if somebody offered him one in a soap. I thought playing what? what, what playing Peter Andre or playing or, or sort of being an actor because we've seen you in the program and there's not much going on really. I mean, I, I, it's it's a bit more complicated than that, a little bit more complicated. Um, and then what was the... Who was it? Was it Kate Thornton, the TV presenter, who's really got herself... I mean, she's another not bright penny in the box. She was twittering yesterday, or tweeting, that she'd been inhaling helium balloons with her son so it gives them the high-pitched voice without realising that people have died through inhaling helium. I don't want to sort of point out the patently obvious to the unbelievably thick Kate Thornton, but all the other people on Twitter were going, are you stupid? Why would you let your son, who's very young, inhale helium? I mean, this has to be the dumbest ever. Not half as dumb, though, ladies and gentlemen, as the sting of all stings. I'm surprised they haven't done it before, because it's very easy to set up celebrities. In this case, they managed to catch a load of people from Coronation Street to see if they'd fall for it. So they invited them, load of people, including, I believe, Catherine Tildesley, you know, little Miss Attention Seeker herself. And she got stung, and Brooke Kinsella, I think, got stung, or certainly, uh, oh, Georgia Mayfoot, Brooke Vincent. Uh, they're all called Brooke. I don't know why everybody's called Brooke all of a sudden. I'm perhaps on names like Brooke Allen. 
And uh, what they did was they, they set up, like, the fake shake hotel room where they put up some glamorous banners and they were giving them free stuff. And what they were hoping was that they would Twitter about the stuff that they'd been given for free. And lo and behold, they did. They Twittered about it. They got caught. So, in other words, it was, it's been set up by Channel 4's dispatches. And they said fans will be shocked. Why would they be shocked? I, wouldn't, I wasn't remotely shocked. Shocked would, would be the last thing. Because you know that when all these people go out, they get given freebies. They then tweet about them. They've done this story before. The interesting thing is here, they've deliberately set them up on dispatches to make them look greedy, which they are. I mean, I've lost track of the amount of times a certain minor, minor celebrity mentions Nando's because he gets free meals there. And so that's how it works. You know, you give me this, I'll give you that. It's the bartering system. It's the, it's the whole basis of... Um, what's it the whole basis of? Of, um, of? of how show business works, because that's what people do. So I know people get free cars... And they will mention the car on their Twitter. Go, oh, I'm driving a lovely Range Rover today or a Jaguar or something like that. I also believe it's the basis of masonry. Freemasons, that's exactly, I've got something you want. Can we do a trade? That's how it works. A friend of mine was a, was a mason and he had a business. He sadly isn't with us anymore. And so he wanted a bicycle. And so he met somebody in his lodge who had a bicycle shop and they, they did a trade. He offered him flowers and things like that over a period of time and he got his bicycle. So no cash changed hands. It was, it was a brilliant way of working. So when you see these Corrie stars who've been caught in this TV sting, you know that you can buy any of them for threepence. They'll turn up to the opening of a fridge. So, of course, I mean, one of them was given this lovely bottle of what, what they were told was special water. It was just tap water. They filled up the bottle and put tap water in there and they all bought into it. And that's, and that's what's so funny. They say people will be shocked. No, you won't be shocked by it. All you'll think is they're as greedy as you ever thought they were in the first place. I never thought that they were, they were dumb for being caught. But I'm looking at them here. Catherine Tilsey with her bag. And then she tweeted about it later. And then Georgia Foote. And who's this one here? This is, uh, this is another one. This is, uh, I don't know who she is, actually. She's another one who's, uh, who's famous. In that, and so they were all caught in the sting. They back the firm's products in return for the freebies. Oh, this is marvellous! I really love it because you got it for free. But then they all do that. That's how that's how the business operates. I don't know why it's such a such a big thing. Apparently, a spokesman uh, for the Office of Fair Trading said online advertising and marketing practices that do not disclose they include paid for promotions are deceptive under fair trading laws. Didn't um, who was the fa- there was some been famous actresses. Hasn't, um, um, who's the one who does Estee Lauder? She's been, she's been caught, you know, saying, oh, I've just tried this new cream from Estee Lauder, it's marvellous. Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley has done it, and, all the, and also her, uh, her boyfriend. They've all done it, because that's, that's what the business is. It's, it just works. I suppose it's very similar to me having Richard Maidley in, which he is coming in on Friday, to talk about his new book. So today they send me a copy of the book, which is signed. It's a signed copy. Richard Maitley's but not personally to me, but I mean, all he's got to do is add to Steve and that's it. And that's coming. So that could be seen as the same thing, couldn't it? I've got somebody coming in. I'm, I'm plugging his book. And in return, they're giving me a copy of the book. Perhaps I shouldn't accept the copy of the book. Perhaps I should give the book back, but I'm not going to because I quite like it. So I wonder. So not really such a sting, more of they're just gullible. But that's what they do. They go out to nightclubs. They get paid. All these people go out to Dubai. They're all on freebies. They're not paying to go out to Dubai. They're on a freebie to go to Dubai to plug a nightclub or whatever it is. Whenever you see Mark Wright in a nightclub, he's not paid to go in. He's been paid to go in. 
so that people are then attracted in. It's it's the it's the it's the system. It's worked like that for for donkey's years, as far as I know. Quarter past four. There you go. That was the first one yesterday. He's back next week, same time. You can ask Boris. Could it could even be eclipsing? Ask ask Clegg. Seventeen minutes past four. It's Wednesday which is lovely, and poor old Patsy's been off sick for a couple of days, and so watched lunch with Gino and Mel. My God, she's dreadful, she said. As far as I can tell, she had absolutely no talent whatsoever, and that voice, he's a little bit irritating, but at least he's got some talent. She's just a brash, loud northerner with a screechy voice. She says, hope you're well. I still listen every day, but don't get to email in the mornings. It's a wee bit early. Do you know, I did something last night that I haven't done for ages. I, um, and I, I might do it again tonight, actually, I liked it so much. And so I was lying in bed, and I was thinking, and then all of a sudden I woke up. And what I like to do, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm feeling in the mood for having a very, very lengthy shower, you know, a, you know, a really where I don't have to sort of jump in and, and, all, and, and jump out again, I thought, have a, I, I set the alarm for half past one, and it goes off about 25 to two, so that gives me a bit extra time. I can have an extra ten minutes in the shower, which I like. So uh, so this morning, I woke up, and the alarm hadn't gone off, and I lay there for about ten minutes. And I thought, it's funny, isn't it? The alarm hasn't gone off yet. Perhaps I've turned it off. Anyway, I sort of, I sort of climbed out of bed, turned all the alarms off, going to the bathroom, just coming up to half past one. I thought, OK, that's great. So uh, going to sit and start having a shave and all the rest of it. And I, I turned on the telly, and I, and I was on the news thing, and it said half past twelve. I'd only woken up at half past twelve. I hadn't got myself out of bed. So I was like an hour ahead of myself anyway. And I thought, you know, this, should I go to sleep for an hour? It's not really worth it. But I thought I can lie down and just have, just let the world pass me by. And I was watching, sort of half watching, but mainly listening to this programme about the bands from the 70s or 80s, or whatever, whatever era they were, and on how they were making this comeback for this concert and how they all hated each other and everybody was swearing. And then it reminded me of yesterday on the train. So I'm sitting on the train. I always sit on the uh, on the same bit of the train. And every time at the same station, you get on the uh, kids. I can't remember exactly. I'll have to find out this morning exactly where it is that they get on. I'll find out the school as well. And um, they're always, they're sort of swapping homework and doing things like that. But they're fairly well healed. By fairly well healed, you can tell they're not common. It's obviously quite a good school because all their school uniforms fit. You know, they don't have sort of their little ties and, you know, the girls with, you know, microscopically short skirts, which two girls have who get on, I think, at Wandsworth Town. And uh, yesterday they were sitting on, there was a boy I hadn't seen with them. And he was fairly loud and brash and all the rest of it. And then he was talking because, you know, when when school children are loud, they don't know they're loud. And there's a fat bloke in with this group. And I mention him in particular. Because he's on the train every day and he's obviously, you know, the other ones kind of look up to him. Some of them, they're obviously all the same year, but the, but the way they look, the, 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 the appearances is, is quite phenomenal. Some of them you think, God, you're all the same. I don't know how old they are. They could be 15. They could be 14, 15, something like that. Anyway, there's this fella on with them. They're all very smart. They've all got their grey trousers on, their school blazers, their school bags and everything else. And he starts talking about his mum and somebody at home. And my mum told him to off. And it went very quiet in the compartment, and um, one of the other boys, the fat one, that's why I mentioned the fat one, who was sitting next to him, said, uh, did you notice how, how quiet it went? And I'm, I'm thinking, I think I need to start videoing this because I'm going to send this into the headmaster. I was getting really angry that there were women sitting there on this train who had nothing to do with this group of people listening to this foul-mouthed little oik. And then he said it again. He said, yeah, because she told him to off. And it went very quiet. And I said to my friend Graham... I said, do you know, I thought this was quite a posh school. 
I'm a bit disappointed. It's got some little foul-mouthed little oik like this one here. So if I see him on today, I'm going to take a picture of him, and I'm going to send it in to the headmaster, saying, is it normal practice for people... I mean, if, if that's as Duncan said, were they wearing school uniform? Absolutely. Absolutely wearing school uniform, which is even more unforgivable. It means they don't even respect the school uniform. And it was the fact that there were, there were adults sitting on that train... I'm thinking, we don't want to listen to this foul language from this boy. And what I should have done when I got up is said, you know, I've, lit- I've sat on this train for a long time now and I don't ever want to hear a foul-mouthed little oik like you ever again because I could have named and shamed. I could have really brought him down to size quite easily. I could have done that very easily and got, listen, there are women sitting here. They don't want to listen to your foul mouth. Is that how you speak normally? Well, I've got your picture, mate. I've got you on video, like we had that woman doing the rant on the train. I don't want to hear young people, who apparently come from a well-heeled school, swearing on the train. It's not nice. So if he's on there today, I might have to stand up and do my bit. I might have to do that and go, I'm going to report you, because I don't want to sit on a train and listen to bad language in the morning. Not from somebody as young and as inexperienced as you, I'm afraid. You know, if you want to get off the train and go and swear, I couldn't care less. Do it on the train where there's adults sitting there. And there was a lady sitting directly opposite. What she must have thought of it, God alone knows. A bit like sitting in Princess Margaret's company. Apparently her language was ripe most of the time. She used every swear word under the sun. But there again, the stories of Princess Margaret uh, are legendary when she took up with her various boyfriends. That was the interest. Roddy Llewellyn was the one we all laughed at, I'm afraid. Poor old Princess Margaret. Better off out of it, I suppose. Uh, Daily Mirror today is also running with the Corrie stars caught in the TV sting. Um, I'm assuming they're going to show it. I'm assuming they're going to show... And, of course, we like programmes like that. I don't care whether it's a Corrie star or anybody. It doesn't make any difference to me. I really don't care who it is who's actually been caught in a sting because we could all fall for it. You could literally do another programme where you could have somebody pretending to be a beggar sitting... Because they've done it before, haven't they? Old people pretending to behave badly or do something and then sort of try and catch people out with hidden cameras. They did one a short while ago with somebody called Rick Edwards, who I'm surprised anybody's ever heard of. I'm surprised anybody ever heard of this bloke at all because he's totally nondescript. Totally nondescript. And he was doing a thing where they've got a waiter who's racist in a restaurant and they see what people's reaction is to him and then they film it and then Rick Edwards walks in and they go, Oh, it's Rick Edwards. And I'm going, Who? Who? You know? It was as bad as that, I'm afraid. It was as bad as that. Uh, here she is out on the tally and luckily with the photographer, Maria Fowler. This is the... Uh, uh, they say she's clearly on the men. She's a former TOWIE star. They dropped her from The Only Way's Essex. They dropped her because she's mad as a barrel load of mad things, I'm afraid. And she was taking her dog for a walk the other day. She went out to buy a drink. So what's she clutching here? Red Bull. Last thing you should have, darling. Last thing. But uh, apparently she's been recovering at her mum's Derby home after her pills suicide bills. Uh, pill, pills bid. After her pills suicide bid. Not easy to say, is it? Pal said she had personal issues. I've got a rough idea what some of them would be. Totally unrepeatable on this programme. Alison Phillips, saying what we said yesterday, uh, how awful it must be. And you can only, well, you can't imagine what poor Pierce Brosnan and his family must be going through. Um, He went back to filming, which, you know, is the best thing. If you lose somebody, there's no point in sitting there. I know it's an awful thing to say, but I mean, I sat there for a week twiddling my thumbs after my mum died, thinking, I need to go back to work. I need to get my head round this. And within days, Piers was back out filming. I think in Budapest, he's doing some stuff over there. And I think it probably takes it out of him. Having lost his wife, and then all these years later, he then loses his his daughter, Charlotte. Luckily, the moment they knew that she was very seriously ill, all the family came back, and that's, that's the nice thing. 
that's the nice thing that everybody's there. And he, he wrote a, a really lovely thing saying that uh, she lost her, her life to ovarian cancer and she's in a better place now. And it is, it's lovely, absolutely awful for the family. You feel so sorry if it's, a, if it's somebody who's, who's a public figure. You feel even more tragic, tragically for them. The, the other person I don't feel any tragedy for at all is old Pippa Middleton. And um, this is Pippa Middleton who goes out, spends lots of money, does all the highfalutin stuff, because she's the, she's the Princess Margaret to poor Kate Middleton. Kate Middleton, Catherine, very, very successful, knows how to dress in the high street. Pippa is little Miss Desperado. Little bit, oh dear, the, the sort of, the ne'er-do-well, the also-ran, the, oh my God, you're never going to be as good as your sister. Because Catherine goes out, she can dress on the high street, she knows how to talk to people, she doesn't do anything, whereas when Pippa goes out there, you can te- tell it's just attention-seeking. And that's basically what Alison Phillips has said today. They've said it's, uh, it's a shame, really, that the sister doesn't stay in a little bit more because she's going to be the big embarrassment to the royal family, I'm afraid. She's going out there, she's sort of popping up all over the place. Actually, which reminds me, how do you get into the royal box at Wimbledon? Do they let any old Tom De Canary in there? Who was in there the other day? Um, Toss Daly and Vernon Kay. Two people from Bol- Bolton. We're letting people from Bolton in the royal box. Terry Wogan was in the royal box. I mean, can't these people sit in the normal seats? What is it about the royal box? Do you think the Queen... Who sat here before? Uh, Tess Daly, Your Majesty. Who? Tess Daly. Who's she? Well, uh, TV presenter, I think, from Bolton. Not very good. She only does the one programme, and it's, it's struggling, I'm afraid, at the moment. And you think, can anybody get in the royal... I want to go and sit in the royal box. But then I, I don't, because I'm so anti that kind of thing anyway. The idea that people go and sit there say that we were in the royal box. Catherine Jenkins was in there, but I don't care about her. She can go and sit anywhere she likes, as far as I'm concerned. She's far too gorgeous to uh, to not sit in the uh, in the royal box. Eight four eight five zero stevenlbc.co.uk. Isn't it a bit weird trying to take pics of school kids on public transport? Well, even if they swear, Ian. Oh dear! Oh, no, it's Guy. Sorry, it's Guy. Um, not really. How do you think police garner evidence? How do you think police get evidence for things? Don't you think? Oh, perhaps you don't care about things like that. There's a lovely story in the paper you'd love today. It's about a group of travellers. Unfortunately, every time you read about a story of travellers, it's never a good one because there's so much rotten within the uh, within whatever they are, the community. And this is uh, ones who moved in next to a school. So bad was it that the police had to move in to make sure the kids could get into school because they were threatened, threatened, mind you, by travellers' children who were shouting obscenities at them. I mean, they don't do themselves any favours, do they? The police said, well, we're going to be monitoring the situation. The travellers have moved on now because that's what they should do. Just keep travelling. Just keep travelling, keep travelling and try and teach your children some manners. You know, filthy, foul-mouthed. The local publican said that they, they, uh, they threatened to come round and knock all his teeth out. They didn't serve them with drinks. I know landlords who close the moment they move into an area. Round Hampton Court, they close everything off because they thieve, they do everything. It's just, I don't know why. Perhaps, it, perhaps they, they just can't be bothered to, uh, to adhere to the rest, of, the rest of life, I'm afraid. Uh, Trudy's a new convert, relatively new convert, to the show, which is good. So say happy birthday to Peter O'Connell for me, and also hi to my mum, Liz Gilloway, near Heathrow, who's a huge fan of your show. So, okay, Peter O'Connell. I used to work with somebody called Peter O'Connell. Can't be the same man. Can't be the same man. 84850, Steve, at Um Some people only own a tracksuit, wearing it all day, and get a new one for best. I like a smart person any time. They were talking about smart. Was, was Duncan doing smart this morning? This is Rob Stewart was saying that people don't dress up now. And they don't. I mean, I always put a clean shirt on every morning because that's what, that's what I do. 
You know, I, I couldn't possibly get up and put on yesterday's shirt, even though I do have shirts in duplicates, but I could never wear it two days running because people would go, you've still got that shirt on from yesterday. And you go, no, 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 I promise you, it's another one. It's a clean shirt. Clean shirt. Mary Berry is going to be my special guest this coming Sunday for In Conversation, together with actor Simon Day, who, as you know, is starring in The Lady Killers, doing tremendous business. Really, if, if you like, if you've seen the film, then you oh, that's what I was going to buy yesterday. I completely forgot about it. I was going to buy the Reg Varney film. I've just remembered. Is it the most, best pair of legs in the business? I suddenly was, I was walking back from somewhere thinking, I must, because I brought cherries in today. We've all gone cherry mad. And I bought a box of, well, in fact, actually, yesterday I bought three boxes of them. I bought three boxes. I gave one to Kasha in the hairdresser. I gave one to Michael. I drove round to his hairdressers in St. Margaret's. I gave him a box. And then I brought a box in this morning. And uh, the producer's gradually working his way through them, which is lovely. Uh, 84850, Uh I've got loads of your texts on the uh, on um, foul-mouthed students on the train. Because at the, that woman who was caught on the train the other day, somebody caught her, she was shouting racist stuff. She's admitted it, but only because apparently her, her medication had... Got the better of her. I've never heard of medication that makes you become racist, but I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the social services are well aware of it. It's LBC ninety seven point three. Time now four thirty. LBC ninety seven point three. Text eight four eight five zero. Tweet at LBC nine seven three. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, twenty eight minutes to five. It's Wednesday. This week's going fairly fast. This week's going fairly far. I'm sure that the uh, the colleges break up shortly and people go on extended summer holidays and then people start colleges. People will be swapping colleges all over the place this year. It's nice to have your company. It's LBC 97.3. I love that story that they're doing in Wales whereby um, you don't need to carry a donor card. They're going to assume that unless you've said no, they can use your organs for other people because there's a huge shortage in the transplant area. And they want people. But up until now, you've had to have signed the little card and carry it with you, saying, I give permission for somebody to use my eyes or whatever it is, whichever part of your body they they need. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they do what they like with me after I've gone. I couldn't care less. As long as it doesn't hurt. I don't want to sort of lose anything that I might I might need in the afterlife. I don't want to sort of get there and discover I've got no sort of arms or something like that. But I think it's a brilliant idea that you now don't need to carry the donor card and you can end up so in other words they will you will have deemed to have said yes you can help yourself unless you carry a card saying don't touch me some people don't don't want to be used after they've died i quite like the idea that there's going to be bits of me in other people's bodies what bit they're going to use by the time i get to the end of my life i don't know but i think it's a very good idea because they're so desperately short of people you know when people get injured in accidents or whatever and they're looking around they need this or they need that it's like giving blood it's like, I'm not sure as a diabetic, if I can give blood, I haven't quite fathomed that one out yet. I, don't, I wouldn't mind giving, oh, I don't know, would I mind giving blood? I don't know. I was talking about this the other day to somebody, and it made me feel quite ill, thinking about giving blood. It reminded me of, of the blood donor, that, uh, that sketch with Tony Hancock. They said, they said how much would you, do you want? And he said, well, an arm, he said, well, a, a pint. He said, a pint? He said that's an armful without realising that you sort of re- regenerate and refuel yourself. He said, he said I'm, I've got eight pints. I'm supposed to have eight pints, not seven. He said, I just thought you wanted a little sort of little prick, you know, just a little bit on the end of the finger, which is what you do if you test yourself for diabetes. <laughs> no, we want a pint. So I don't know. I must, I must investigate whether or not um, diabetics can give blood like that, because that'd be something nice. I, like, I, I, I do like this idea of, of making your body work. 
you know, it's it's served you quite well. But if you can help other people, I think that's that's brilliant. Uh, Duncan was getting very excited over the uh, the mobile phone and the Sainsbury's employee who decided the embargo extended on the checkout. One customer quickly took offence. Joe Clark complained to the store bosses that the unidentified worker had refused to serve her unless she put down her phone. Now, I mean, I know it's probably out of kilter, but I'm 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 with the person on the till. I'm afraid. You know, I think it's the height of rudeness. Height of rudeness. And this Joe Clark, quite clearly a rude old bag. I think it's terrible. You stand there. This woman's... Hello? I'm on the phone. Um, so, yeah. Nothing is that important. Nothing is that important. What a rude woman. And she said, I won't be shopping there again. Well, I tell you, if I owned Sainsbury's, I wouldn't want her shopping there again. I really wouldn't. I know Sains- Sainsbury's, we go, oh, we send her some vouchers. The vouchers and uh, an accommodation should have gone to the till operator. I'm not serving you unless you put your phone down. It's the height of rudeness. Height of rudeness. And quite clearly, this, this Joe Clark woman is very rude. I mean, it, it costs nothing for manners. Absolutely nothing at all. I hate people. I, ha- I can't stand people pushing a pram down the high street with a phone tucked under their shoulder. What is that important? You know, if you've got to call Samaritans, well, then call them when you get home. Don't push the pram down the high street. Isn't that terrible? It's just it's the height of rudeness. It's like, you know, I've, I've seen people standing in, you know, queue for coffee or whatever it is, and they're on the phone. Yeah, yeah, coffee, mate. And, um, yeah, yeah, just two, two sugars in that one. You think, put the phone down. What a rude person. Anyway, apparently, she says, I will not check your shopping until you get off your mobile phone. I ended my call swiftly, because she's quite clearly a rude person, and said to the lady on the checkout, apologies, I didn't realise it was Sainsbury's policy. You're unable to use your phone at the checkout. She said, you learn something new every day. Anyway, so nothing was fooling Joe Clark. Off she goes, and she checks with the customer services and was told there was no such policy. So she's been given £10 worth of vouchers in compensation, but she's sworn to switch to Waitrose. Well, blooming well go to Waitrose then, dear. If I was sitting on the Waitrose till I'd be going, oi, it's you again. Get off your phone, woman! How rude are you? Anyway, she submitted a complaint. Oh, blimey. What a waste of space she's turned out to be. I think I should write a complaint. Dear Sainsbury's, I was in the other day, and I was told by the checkout assistant to put my phone down. And, uh, well, I'm hoping that Sainsbury's write back and go, you're a very rude, offensive woman. Who cares if they lose her as a customer? They're going to gain loads more through people going, thank God for your person on the till. Thank God for that one. I'd be cheering. Who cares if she wants to leave? Go somewhere else then, Joe. You walk. You can get. You can lose, lose a bit of weight, love. That'd be good for you. Start walking a bit more. Trevor, I must say poor checkout assistants. They have to put up with everything, checkout assistants, don't they? Rude people. And they go, well, how much is that? Well, I don't think it is. Well, it is. Well, I don't think it is. Well, it is, I'm telling you. It's like people getting on the bus, you know. <laughs> Putting their little oyster card on. I've got a new. I've got a new leather case. For my oyster card. It's really nice. I, I really. I can't remember how much I paid for it, but it's got, it's real leather. It says so on the back in gold foil. It's really posh. And inside, it's got a place for my card. And I always keep a twenty pound note in there to top it up. So my my card. Here we go. I should be mugged on the way out of here. Uh, it never goes <laughs> below seventy six pounds. I never let it go below seventy six pounds credit. I'm not one of these people who gets on the bus and they get beep beep, and they get, so they turn it around here beep beep. And I felt like saying, it's, you've got no credit. And then they go, well, it worked all right the other day. No, you have to put money on it, dear. You have to put money on it to get there. <laughs> I love my little travel card. Well, I've noticed the R has started rubbing off. I don't like that idea. It's obviously cheap gold. I thought it was real gold on here, but it's very nice. It's got little edges on it. Look at that, honestly. Look at the things we're doing now at our age. Mobile phones, ladies and gentlemen. Travel cards. 
Clever assistance at Sainsbury's. They get my vote. They get my vote. Anything to keep this woman out. <laughs> and a few other people, I'm sure, talking to talking to Duncan were saying exactly the same thing. It, it is the height of rudeness. It's like somebody walking down. I deliberately try and trip them over. I'm almost so sorry. People who walk down railway platforms reading a book. They get off a train, they're reading a book. Or they're, or they're texting or doing, or doing something ridiculous. And I think, are you mad? Is London just full of mad people? The answer is, well, it's probably not just London. They're probably all over the place. Uh, Bob says you can give blood as a diabetic. Also, the quicker the UK takes on the opt-out donor scheme, the better. Too many people die needlessly. Yes, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea. It's so simple. You have deemed by the very fact that, you know, that you've died to hand over your body parts if they so need them. You know, not everybody would be suitable for donor transplant. Not everybody will have something that other people want. I mean, I'm looking at my producer. He's got nothing that anybody's going to be wanting. No, they're not going to want your hair. They can't transplant hair. They can't transplant hair. This is this is not sort of, you know, the Indians at the la- Battle of the Little Bighorn scalping somebody and then sticking your mop on top of somebody else's hair. Wayne Rooney would pay for it. That is true, actually. That's Wayne with the helicopter to Glastonbury. How snobby was that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> that was the ultimate, I think. Here they are, him and his chavvy wife... And they're going to be uh, they're going to be jetting in by helicopter. How naff! Um, can you add anything, anything more? Viola discussing the lime marmalade. Are you a fan? Of course I am. You know I am. I've often talked about lime marmalade. Absolutely delicious. Roses lime marmalade. Yumma yumma yumma. It's gorgeous with or without hair. Uh, Polly says I think you may be too old to be a first time blood donor. <laughs> and they had a cardiac then. What do you mean too old? What do you mean too old? Thirty nine. How can goodness. She says, but it is a fabulous thing to do. You feel so pleased to have done a good thing. I do a good turn every day. I do a good turn every... There is is no day that goes by where I do not do a good turn. Today... It was for the producer, because he'd never actually seen a whole box of cherries. He'd seen a little little Tupperware box with sort of a few cherries in there. He's been... Sorry? Sorry? He's also seen glacé cherries, because he's obviously been to a pub, and uh, he's obviously asked for a a cocktail, and uh, glacé cherry on a stick. Thank you very much. I used to eat those. They tasted vile. I don't know why. It was that colour that they used to put on them. But these are cherries from... I don't even know where they're from, actually. Well, they're from the greengrocer, I know that. But I don't know where they came from originally. They're very clever cherries, aren't they? When you actually look at it, I mean, when, when do we... Did God make cherries, do you think? Did he do strawberries and everything else? Did he do bananas and coconuts and everything else? What if he did cherries? What what he was thinking of when he made cherries? They're clever, aren't they? I like them, and they're very good for you. Somebody said to me yesterday, he said, "You know, they've they've got all the things that you need." I thought, what kebabs? <laughs> I could do with kebabs now, definitely. Uh, these are the health foods. It's in the paper today. I don't like to do health food stories because I find it terribly depressing that the the things that you think are good for you, in fact, aren't good for you. So uh, some of your uh, diet things here: smoothies. Now, you think a smoothie is good for you to go, oh, we've got an innocent smoothie or whatever it is, smoothie, banana and strawberry. But they've always got a binding agent. The binding agent is orange juice in many a case. And in fact, they are laden with sugar. Absolutely chock-a-block with sugar. Really, really, really bad for you. Don't just assume because it says fruit on it that it's good for you. Eat fresh fruit much better than smoothies, OK? Olive oil. It's still oil, whichever way you look at it. It's, I noticed they were selling it the other day, olive oil, in Holland and Barrett. Stuff they sell in there is very odd. Honey, natural food, really, something better would be apple sauce. Better than honey. 
that would be much better for you. Uh, juice, orange, apple, cranberry juice. Quick way to gain weight. 150 calories a glass. Better to have cordial. You know when you're a kid, you go, I have some orange squash. And you go to the fridge and you try and prise two ice cubes out of the tray in there. And you can, you're banging it on the counter and you can never... And then all of a sudden one flies out, you know, knocks the cat through the window. And you go, Meow sort of disappears out there, bring my ice cube back. And you sort of get it there and you put two ice cubes in the glass, you turn on the cold tap, let it run a bit, because otherwise there might be fish in there or some, something. And then you put in a good dollop of of, um, of whatever it happens to be, orange barley water or lemon barley water. Mainly if you're ill or you're playing tennis, you drink that. And, and you pour that in there and then you put the ice... And you go, oh, it's delicious, Mum. You know, meanwhile, the cat's sitting out in the garden, you know, nursing a very sore head because you've hit it with the ice cube. Uh, brown bread... Now, I've said this a million times to people, and they don't believe me. Here it is officially. Because it's brown, don't make it healthy. All right? Try whole wheat, grain, or rye. Just brown bread is nothing. It's just it's just white bread that hasn't been bleached. Okay? Uh, Low-fat product. Biscuits and yoghurts often have more sugar to make up for missing fat. Try plain yoghurt with fruit. Chicken. Very good for you, but not with the skin on. As I've said countless times before, I mean, honestly, it's like a diet programme, this one here. Don't ever eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's really, really fattening. It's great without the skin, but the skin's the bit that you like. In fact, sometimes you can just eat the skin and forget about the chicken, because the chicken's quite dull, and mainly it's halal, and it's quite bland. So you have that. Very bad for you. Take all skin off chicken. Any dietitian will tell you the same thing. Roast chicken, take the skin off. The white meat, very, very good for you. Granola. You know, bran flakes and chopped fruit, so much better for you. And wine. Uh, It might have some health benefits, but a large glass of wine, 225 calories. I mean, that's... Not bothered, are you, really? Uh, Try grape juice or a white wine spritzer made with Sprite Zero. Mm. I don't know what Sprite Zero is. Is that lemonade or something? I don't know. Oh, it's low, low sugar Sprite. Oh, right, OK. And, uh, by the way, if you're over 40, according to Fern Britain, get your legs out. Show your legs, only if you've got decent legs. Don't, I mean, if you really look at them in the mirror first, if they don't look good to you there, they're going to look even worse to us. So don't get your legs out. Also, if you've got cellulite, don't wear shorts, OK? Don't wear shorts. It's, it's not a good look. And our Apple about to unveil the iWatch... I do hope so. We haven't, had a, we haven't had a good gadget for ages, but I've got one this morning in our gadget giveaway. And I'll tell you uh, exactly uh, what was won yesterday. And if you know the answer to today's question, you can get your hands on her. You'll have to wait and find out. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. It's amazing how we've divided you on the uh, on the woman on the phone at Sainsbury's. And the checkout assistant says, you know, I'll serve you when you put your phone down. <laughs> Height of rudeness. I'd have said, excuse me, you're just a rude person. Anyway, somebody says, uh, I work at Heathrow checking passports. And people just come to me, throw the passport, so I just wait till they finish their conversation and stare at them smiling. Which is, I would do the same, and I would, and I would look up and go, ready now? Thank you. In America, they're really, I like the American system, they've got a thing, I don't know, do we have it here? Where they've got a little camera, 
And um, they look at you and so they can identify you on the camera whether you've been in and out. They do it in America so they can tell when I was there last time because I look into and they go, OK, and they push this little button. It's really sophisticated, but they're so naff on customs in America. There's no personality at all. I mean, I know it must be thankless sitting there. Next. Aisle 27. Hello. They don't even say hello, actually. They're just sort of, you know, you put your passport down. I always smile and go, having a good day? You know, hello. <laughs> Doesn't work, though, half the time. Uh, Alan... Uh, is the 466 London bus driver in Croydon. He said, can you tell people that bus drivers aren't rich bankers and can't change £20 notes at 5am in the morning? Oh, who stupidly produces £20? I'd go, sorry, mate, get off. Off the bus. No, no, I don't have any change for £20. Some bus drivers are very good, though, and they will let somebody on a bus. I think some people deliberately produce a £20 note. I've got nothing small. You go, well, you can be standing there for a long while then, aren't you? Not getting on my bus, I'm afraid. Uh, Marisa... Says, I heard you talking about foul-mouthed people on public transport. I'm sick of hearing school kids on the tram when going to Croydon screaming and swearing. Not to mention the office workers on the mobile phone discussing their sex life. It has to be stopped. I agree. Uh, Jay says, with all your money, why do you not pay for private health care? Or as you're such an expert on diet and health, do it yourself. Little Miss Prissy, aren't we? Little Miss Prissy. Um, I I do have so much money, it's so embarrassing, really. And you're quite right, actually, I should be doing private health care. But no, I've paid into the NHS for the whole of my life. I'm reaping the benefits and I have no complaints with the NHS. Uh, Black cherries are well known to help prevent gout, says Brian. Yes, Somebody told me that the other day, we're big up for not getting gout, so eat cherries every day. I wish that they would bring out cherries that somebody had taken the stones out of. You know, so you could buy a box of cherries and just cram them all in your mouth. It's the fact that you're about to take out fillings. You've got to be fairly careful with them. Uh, another one here, which says, uh, I support the checkout assistant at Sainsbury's. I hope that rude customer's head glows in the dark for using her mobile too much, says Brian. I was, if I was on the checkout, Steve, I'd have said in a very loud voice, finish your call, dear, then I'll serve you. Let the people in the queue deal with her. Yes, I mean, I, I, I've seen that in supermarkets. I tell you what really annoys me is people who sort of, all their shopping, and then they start ferreting around, trying to, trying to find their purse. I was on the bus the other day, and somebody gets on the... They're standing at a bus stop. You know, they're not doing shopping. They're standing at the bus stop, and then they get there, and then they're ferreting around for their travel card. Why don't you just find it to start with? Make it so much easier. Carol says, kids of 15 years ago, even the kids today are called the untouchables. When my eight-year-old son came home from school one day in the late 90s, telling me he could have me arrested if I ever hit him, you wonder why there is swearing. Bar of soap, the good old days. Oh, absolutely. Oh, kids nowadays. But uh, I, think, I think the idea of saying, I'm sorry, I don't want to sit on a train and listen to some posh little oik like you using foul language. You might want to use this at home in front of your mater and pater. But I promise you, pal, I'm going to get you expelled from school. OK, simple as that. We're going to stop your education immediately because you're too stupid. Perhaps he thought he was being big and clever. You know what kids are like in front of other kids. They think they're being really, really good. And, uh, and they're not, I'm afraid. And we have to stop it. And until you tell people about it, you know, you're not actually touching them or anything else. You're just saying, I don't want to hear this kind of language on the train. OK, embarrass them. That's the thing to embarrass them in front of their, their friends and go, and you're just as bad for encouraging him. He's quite clearly of limited intelligence. Oh, I could have a field day. I could reduce them to nothing. Absolutely reduce them to nothing. Very simply done. I give, uh, gave blood regularly, says Hugh, from 63 to 2000 when I was diagnosed type 2. I was told I could no longer donate. Perhaps they still want your blood if it's a rare type. I don't know what I am, actually. But am I allowed to because I take insulin? That's, you see, I'm, not, I'm not sure. If you're type 2 and you're just tablet dependent, I wonder whether or not that's OK. I don't know. Uh, kids these days, says Kevin, have... Uh, have uh, no respect 
worked on the Sunwalk Battersea last Sunday. Half marathon breast cancer. It was a very hot Gabby Roslin was there. She was nice. Going to Sandwich next weekend. Then I started a new job on Morrison's. It's nice. Actually, what did I see advertised all the time? Who was doing it? Was it Warburton's? And it looks like, um, it's not a loaf of bread. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like a panini kind of thing, which is cut and you put your sandwiches stuff in it. Whatever it was, it looked really interesting. And I thought, oh, I like the look of that. I like the look of that. It looked like it was easy to toast, you know. Uh, during my weekly shop, whilst at the queue, the assistant took a call in his mobile. I said to the assistant, it wasn't me you were talking to. To this he replied, I'm a manager and I can do this. Oh, right. No, that's like going into a shop and you stand there and the, the assistants are chatting away and then eventually somebody goes, can I help you? I go, no, finish your stuff first, please. I'm in no rush. I don't really care. You know, I've got the whole day. The whole day. Uh, I don't understand, says uh, says Bob, how anybody can not be on the side of the checkout operator. Has rudeness towards people serving you become so acceptable? Quite clearly. I mean, some people were, were sort of saying, oh, no, the woman should be fired and everything. You think, no, 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 she's doing you a favour, unless you're a real ace chav and you're really naff. No, absolutely not. Um, oh, I know what I forgot to do. The LBC Gadget giveaway. I don't know how I've forgotten to do it. It's only because I got excited about Apple, who could be about to unveil the iWatch. I want one of these. I want one of these. I don't know how much it's going to cost. but uh, it, And I've not bought a gadget for a little while, actually. It's got a one-and-a-half-inch wide LED screen. There's no point in worrying, worrying about it at the moment, because uh, we haven't got it yet. But don't worry, as soon as we get it, I'll make sure we get one for the, uh, for the gadget giveaway. I've got that much power. But uh, yesterday, Faye Burton Wallace from Shepherd's Bush... Uh, knew that Bern was the capital of Switzerland, and won herself a fabulous Toshiba laptop. Very nice. Today, ladies and gentlemen, for your further excitement, an Apple iPad Mini is to be given away during the show in the Gadget Giveaway. If you don't know how popular these devices are, where have you been? Where are you? Where Have you been sitting on a planet somewhere? You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. The Apple iPad Mini is everything you've ever wanted and more. I have one. That kind of says it all. Loads of it. You see people sitting on the trains. They're beautiful. It's really, really lovely. One lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today. And it could be you. There's no reason why it couldn't be you. All you need to do is answer this simple question. What is the capital city of Brazil? The capital city of Brazil. To enter, you text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So it's gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T. Very important. That precedes your text. Then you put your answer. The capital city of Brazil is... And then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you're OK for time at the moment. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. The Apple iPad Mini. You lucky people, as Tommy Trinder would say. <laughs> you lucky, lucky people. It's nice. I like that. It's such a nice gadget to have. Uh, John says, after watching Rootmasters last night, I thought bus drivers were supposed to be all happy, helpful, friendly people. Well, I mean, I wouldn't guarantee that all the time. I mean, it must be quite thankless sitting there sometimes. We had that scenario, didn't we, of the woman who, who tried to... I saw it the other day with two, two kids trying to get the bus, but they were late. The bus had started to pull away. They were like, stop, stop. 
the bus driver carried on because they're not at once they've pulled away from the stop. They are legally supposed to carry on. It's like you're not supposed to stop and just drop people off. But I saw some kid pushing the, the emergency open the doors thing just so he could get off the bus where he wanted to. And that was a rude ignoramus, if ever there was one. And so the other day there was some woman and the bus had pulled away. So she chased after it to the bus stop, uh, sorry, to the traffic light and then lay down in front of it. Lay down in front till the driver let her on. I'd have just sat there with the engine off and wait till the police arrived. That would have been the the best thing. Well done for the rant about the customer on her phone in Sainsbury's. I agree, says Sarah, with the checkout assistant. I worked for many years in supermarkets. I find so many customers have no idea of manners. I was brought up always to say please and thank you. I always did the amount of uh, customers that are rude and have no manners. These people disgust me. What does it take to say please and thank you? Well, when I worked in retail... We were supposed to go up to somebody. No point in sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Customer comes into the department and we sold, uh, I sold carpets and I sold uh, curtain fabric and uh, net curtains and rails and everything else. And somebody would come into the department and you, the whole idea is you're a salesman. You sell. So you'd go over there. Morning, sir. Morning, madam. That's what we were taught to do. Not just stand there like an idiot. Mm -hmm. Good morning, sir. Good morning, madam. Can I help you? And, if, and even if they said, no, we're, we're just browsing, saying, we're looking for anything in, in particular. You know, and you would gauge by them. And in the end, I could sell snow to the Eskimos. I was very successful. At the age of 15, it taught you what retail was. Retail is selling something. This is what it is. I remember talking to Betty Davenport, whose family have the famous magic shop. And her father used to buy in magic tricks. And he would buy in, say, a thousand he, but he would buy in a thousand of one particular trick. Didn't matter what it was, whether it was a card trick or, or dice stacking or anything like that. And Betty would have to learn it. Because no point having them sitting there on the shelves. So she would learn the trick. Somebody would walk in and, get, and she'd go, have you seen this? And she would demonstrate a trick and it would sell on the dem. There's a guy called Mark Mason in America. And he's a great demmer of magic. When he used to come to the Magic Circle, and he comes, you know, on a fairly regular basis. He would dem something, demonstrate it, and immediately people want to buy it. Because that's, it's no good showing somebody a packet and go, oh, look, it, it, it does that. And you go, yeah, but what does it look like? And they go, let me show you. Let me show you. This is so simple. It's so effective. And that's what Betty Davenport had to do. So if you work in retail, you literally, you learn to sell the stock. You go into some stores, you go, do you have so-and-so? And they go, um, I don't know. And yet, I bet if you asked Arkwright in that TV programme, Open All Hours, have you got a wooden screw that screws backwards? He'd go, do you know, I have, lad. And he'd find it, because people who had their own hardware shops knew about everything. If you work in, in a department store, you're supposed to know what stock you sell and what it is. If you work in radio and television, somebody says, well, what makes this television better than that one? You should be able to tell them. They could stand there blankly going, um, I'll go and get somebody. That's not much use, is it? So when I say that on the LBC Gadget giveaway, it's an Apple iPad Mini, I know everything about it. I know how good it is because I've got one. If it was rubbish, I'd tell you it was rubbish, and don't, don't bother going for it. But as it is, it sells itself, Apple. The quality is so good. That's why I'll have to tell you about the Apple iWatch in a moment, because I quite like the idea of it. <laughs> Sounds to me like the perfect thing. Anyway, if you've just woken up, it's Wednesday morning. We're talking about people in Sainsbury's. The lady on the till said she didn't want to serve this customer because she was on her phone. She thought she was rude. So the lady complained, and Sainsbury's, very unwisely, in my opinion, sent her a £10 voucher to Placata. She said, oh, I'm going to shop elsewhere. I just said, well, go and shop elsewhere. How rude are you? There's that poor woman sitting on the till, staring into the distance. You know, if you, if you talk to them, they talk back, you know. They're not automata. They're able to talk and have a conversation. 
You don't want too much of it, you know, you didn't exactly want, you know, picking out curtains or nothing like that, but at least you want to have a nice conversation with them. But uh, shame on Sainsbury's for actually giving this woman a £10 voucher. I'd have, uh, I'd have upgraded the till woman and said, listen, you've done really well. Start teaching the country some manners. Don't pander to one old bag who said, well, I'm going to complain about that and write to Sainsbury's head office. You write, love. I frankly wouldn't want you as a customer any time soon. News at five is next. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I thought that was normal practice at the fun fair, that it was virtually impossible to win things. It's like whenever you throw a ball at the little blocks on, on a shelf and you have to knock them all off, well, the shelf is actually a lot wider than you think it is because it's painted in such a way. It's like trying to get a ball into the top of a milk churn. Have you seen that one? You throw it at the course, it spins around it and then comes out again. That's like, tr- that's like trying to win on hoopla. I've never seen anybody win on hoopla in a million years. In all the years I've been going to a fun fair, they've had the same prizes, a big jar of sweets with a watch, and it used to be a £10 note. Now they put a £50 note on there. They're that confident you're never going to win it. For the simple reason, the only way that that ring is going to go over that block is if you've dropped it from above it. Throwing it over there, no chance. No chance. I've never seen anybody win on that. You see people walking away with giant teddies. And I can imagine. So it's interesting, isn't it? Thought Park, it's a third party who operate their, their sideshows to win, to win toys and stuff like that. I can remember going to, when we went to Vegas years ago, I went to Circus Circus and won so many toys. I thought, I'll keep them. I thought, what on earth am I doing? So I left them all in a hotel room in San Francisco. It's a hotel room in San Francisco where the, the cleaner must have come in and gone, and she was confronted by about 15 different teddies in various guises from village people through to uh, Bo Peep. <laughs> Sell all the, they've got this odd stuff in Las Vegas. So it comes as no surprise to me. I can remember when we used to use the shooting range on the fun fair and used to work on the assumption they'd knock the sights out a little bit because the idea is they don't want you to win. They want you to take part in it, but they don't necessarily want you to win. It's like, it's like you know, pick an odd number to win... Well, I've, I've got a magazine. It's called World's Fair, OK? And World's Fair is market traders, show people. You, you can buy a set of dodgems. You can buy an inflatable bouncy castle. It's, it's got all the show people news. And at the back of it, they've got things for sale, like a complete book of tickets, all odd numbers. So you just sell odd number tickets. You say, you know, find, a, find an even number to win knowing that all the tickets in this box are odd numbers. You can buy books of odd numbers, books of all even numbers. You can buy all sorts of things. It's got all the stuff in there, you know, for candy floss machines. And, I mean, it's quite fascinating. I, I, I have it on order. I read it every week to find out where all the fun fairs are and, uh, and what's, what's going down, you know, coffee, slush, all sorts of things. It's all, it's, all, it's all great fun. But I just assumed that anything which involved throwing a ball or shooting a gun or trying to get a hoop over something, it, the odds are stacked against you. There was one guy, and he, I saw him over two years, and he did really well. And what he had was he had a, a piece of rod, like a fishing rod, but it wasn't. It was just a piece of, piece of rod. And at the end of it was a piece of string with a rubber ring at the end of it. And he had a Coke bottle, and the Coke bottle was lying down on the table. And all you had to do was get the end of the rubber ring over the end of the Coke bottle, flick it up, and make the bottle stand up. And if you could make the bottle stand up, he gave you 20 quid. And he demonstrated it to you. You only get the one go. You can't keep doing it forever. And he would demonstrate. He put the ring over, pulled up, bottle stood up. Gave it to you, went to put the bottle up, it fell over. 
It was almost seemingly impossible. And that was all he had on his stall. He might have had, the year before, one of those stalls where he had playing cards and he had to throw a dart in. But, of course, the middle bit of the playing card is metal, so the dart's not going to stick in there anyway. It only goes on the outside. And you can win a goldfish in a bag. It's all very exciting. Well, you can't, because they don't have the bags hanging up anymore. You have to take it from the bucket at the side, because there was a law that came in equal rights for goldfish. Anyway, so he then... By the the time the next year came round at Hampton Court, his stall was all emblazoned with Coca-Cola logos, and it was all wonderful. He was obviously hit on a winner, and I thought that was very inventive, very clever. But the only place that's ever bothered me. If you and I open up a shop and you put Disney characters all over the outside, they're going to be, Walt Disney's organisation are going to be down on you like a ton of bricks. These are copyright. And yet you go to the fun fair, you'll see Disney characters all over the place. There's no licensing. They just tend to put them on show rides. I don't know why, especially for kids. I've always wanted a set of teacups. Set of teacups. Always fascinated me. Anyway, nice to be company. You well? Good, good, good. Wednesday in London town. Details coming up about the Apple iWatch. Are they going to unveil it before Christmas? I have a sneaking feeling, yes, they will. Because there's a few others who are on the market and they, they want to kind of get there quickly. I was in a fast food outlet, says this person here, where a woman was on a mobile while she was being served. When she finished the call, she apologised to the server and explained her brother was seriously ill in hospital. And when it rang, she saw it was the hospital's number. That's OK. I can understand uh, that one. This goes, but this is the Sainsbury's story, incidentally, of the woman on the till and a woman's there with her shopping and she's on the phone. And the woman said, I'm not serving you till you've finished on the telephone. And so the woman complained afterwards and said, is this custom and practice? You know, Sainsbury's. Anyway, she's, she's gone off in some queenie fit saying, I'm going to shop at Waitrose. Well, go and shop at Waitrose, dear. There's a reason why you probably shop at Sainsbury's. It's probably better value for you, I should imagine. Uh, according to uh, the NHS website, if you inject yourself because of your diabetes, says Kenneth, uh, you would not be able to give blood. Yes, I had a feeling that was it because I inject insulin. And I would think, if you're just a type 2 diabetic who's just on tablets, I would think you probably could give blood. But I think if you inject insulin, I don't, I don't think you're able to. That's, well, he says that's, what, that's on the NHS website. Uh, Paul says, how can Duncan go on about smartness in men when he admits to wearing a hoodie at his age? He doesn't really. He's always, he's honestly, I promise you, he does the whole show in a dinner jacket, the bow tie. He's very smart. Don't always believe everything you hear on the radio. Um, to the woman, please don't be rude to bus drivers I got embarrassed, I'm O blood group says Sue Ann so there you go a lot of people say well done on that rant you know, the uh, the woman was in the wrong the woman was in the wrong if I'd been on the checkout at Sainsbury says CJ um, I would have started eating that rude woman shopping until she got off the phone actually that's what I hate I hate people who, who start eating as they're going round. They give their own kids a packet of crisps. They give it to the kid, and the kid's eating it in the trolley. They're thieves. That's what they are. They're thieving. They can, you know, or failing that, they'll actually buy some grapes uh, or, or cherries, and they give them to the kid as they're going around to keep the kid quiet. And it's, uh, you know, it's thieving. Because you get there, and it doesn't weigh the same, does it? There's a cherry festival in Brogdale in Kent in July, says Sue, and I'll be stuffing my face. Very good for you. We, we've all got cherries today. We've got cherries upstairs. Cherries down here. Producer brought a little little bowl of cherries down with him. Was there a nursery? You've eaten them all, have you? Momota. What was the um, was there a nursery rhyme about cherries? I know there was a song which cherry ripe, cherry ripe. I can't remember what that one was. That's as far as I go, I'm afraid. We don't do anything. It's not community singing or anything like that on the programme. Uh, going into three weeks in plaster. 
says Jan, since I texted last. Now I've got to have my wrist reset, as it didn't set properly. I'm having a cup of tea. Because I'm right-handed, I can't do anything as I'm right-handed. I really feel fed up. Yes, that's very annoying, isn't it? I mean, that really is annoying. I can imagine you must be really, really fed up. Really, really fed up. I've never had anything like that. I've never, I've never done uh, plaster. Local church fates. They didn't put the winning tickets in the tombola into an hour before the end of the fate. I know this, says Mary, as my sister did the tombola stall. Well, of course, because you, you don't want people to win all your prizes, do you? So you just go, oh, pick a ticket, pick a ticket. Nobody's going to say, I tell you what, I'll buy the whole lot. So I've won all the prizes. Nobody's ever going to say that. That's it. Even worse than being on the checkout is when you're about to be served and they ignore you to answer the phone and leave you waiting. Makes my blood boil, says Les. Yes, I mean, none of us, none of us, not one of us like rudeness. That's the one thing we're all in agreement of. We don't like rudeness, whether it's coming from kids or it's coming from a, a checkout. It doesn't matter who it's from. It's, it's always rudeness and it costs nothing to be polite. If you're polite to somebody, they'll be polite to you. I always say to the producer every morning, I said, oh, he's still here. You know, I like to, because it keeps him on his toes. There's no point in saying, you know, because he turns up looking like Rupert Bear. You know, he's got his duffel coat on and his scarf and everything else. But he's from Cambridge. And uh, and today he started um, undoing the buttons on the duffel coat. I thought, here we go again. And uh, so I, I got my wallet out. And I'm just about to put a fiver on the table. And he's revealing... I don't know what he was revealing. What were you revealing? This this sort of Where's Wally kind of jumpery... Type. I don't know where you get clothes like that from. Is it some sort of joke or something? Did you go to Did you go to a prison and they said, we've got this one or one with arrows? That's, you got that from Nice? Oh, it's Nice. Is it? It's, well, it's, well, I never get tired of saying it. That's a fact. It's obviously an old favourite. Um, Neil says, last year in Florida, we helped little Ellie win armfuls of prizes. Bless her. She couldn't carry them all, so he sent me in a sent me in a picture all the all these prizes. <laughs> the trouble is when you go away on holiday and they and they they show you all these prizes. How do you get them in the case on the way back? That was the problem I had when we got to San Francisco. And you've got giant toys there, giant toys. But some of the ones that somebody said to me, is there a place where they go to where they buy these oversized toys? And the answer is yes. And if you buy World's Fair, you'll see them in there. He said, it's a day's match fishing in sunny Essex today. Have you got any tips? Yep, stay in bed. <laughs> I don't know what match fishing is. Is that, is, is that competitive fishing? I'm driving down to my brother because I've got this Mary Berry book and his girlfriend is crackers for Mary Berry. Who knew my auntie? My auntie Grace, who died, as you now know. And, uh, and he said, I said, I'll, I'll pop it in the post to you today. I said, I'll put it in the post. And I've picked up this book. This book weighs a tonne. And so I've decided I'm not... It's easier to drive down there. Because the time I've paid for it to be delivered by tomorrow, because he's away, uh, it's a lot easier to drive down there. He is, in fact... He's coming... Strange enough, Neil, uh, he's he's coming back. He's going on holiday somewhere. Where? I can't imagine. I think his girlfriend's paying him for him to go somewhere. And then when he comes back, he's going off for a week's fishing. So um, Gary says, you didn't tell us why the Coke bottle didn't stand up. It's... (laughs) I can't ruin it. I can't, the, the, put it this way, there's very few chances of you winning on that one. Or right, I'll, I'll tell you. If the bottle is facing you, you can flip it straight up. If it's to the side, it won't stand up. It automatically swivels round. It's, it's a strange thing, isn't it? But watch it next time you go. I only, I only knew because I watched it. But it's, it's a very clever thing. So all it is, it's very simple. Lie a Coke bottle down. Empty Coke, not a full one, an empty one. And have it facing you. So when you put the thing on... It's you're looking at the end of the bottle. You can lift it up. You do it quickly. If it's to the side, 
you lift it up, and most people go slowly, and that's when it swings round and it falls out of the out of the little rubber ring thing. Because that's that's what they do. They tr- they're, they're there to make money. You can spend hours at a fun fair and not spend a penny piece. They're going to do their damnedest to make sure that, that you spend some money. Because you'll look at it and think, I could have a go at that. Why people ever do hoopla, I've got no idea. I've never seen anybody, anybody in my entire life, and I'm over <laughs> 35, I, um, I've never seen anybody win on it at all. If you're one of those people and you, and you text in now going, oh, I won on it once, I'm going to call you a fibber. Because I don't think it's physically possible. Quarter past five. Morning, Nick Ferrari. This morning, after the news at seven, as the AA voice concerns that part of the M4 will lose its hard shoulder to ease congestion, Nick will be asking, is that a scheme that should be brought in elsewhere? Plus, how have we allowed the NHS 111 helpline to descend into such a shambles? And if you've had children by IVF, how clever are they? Nick will be speaking to two mums with opposite opinions. Looking at the papers today, Louisa Peacock, the Daily Telegraph's jobs editor. Lots to talk about. Where are we sending Tom Swarbrick? Oh, we're sending him to Thiel. I know Thiel very well. I used to go there. That's where we used to come off, because that's where the motorway stopped before it sort of went all the way down. And we used to come off at Thiel to go down to Newbury. Now you can go all, all the way into Newbury. Uh, very interesting. Uh, apart from Apple about to unveil the iWatch, I mean, it's a device that really belongs in, in the land of Dick Tracy and James Bond. Uh, this one, they've now said, a wristwatch computer... Is a reality. They've indicated they're making an iWatch to add to the hugely popular product line that includes the iPhone and the iPad and the iPad Mini, which we're giving away today in the gadget competition. And so the speculation has been mounting. And uh, I think last month, Tim Cook says that this is the way forward. There's a team of 100 engineers... Uh, led by Sir Jonathan Ive, who's Apple's British design guru, working at the headquarters in California on a device made from curved glass. So the challenge of creating this glass is reportedly in the hands of Corning, who are the US maker of the super-tough iPhone screen. Now, they believe this watch, with a a one-and-a-half-inch wide LED screen, can let users send and receive emails and texts, as well as navigate the internet. It could also communicate wirelessly with other nearby devices through Bluetooth. The strap may wrap itself around the wrist by the application of gentle pressure. It's expected to run on Apple's standard computer operating system, iOS. South Korea's Samsung one of Apple's main rivals, is also understood to be working on a wearable computer similar to a wristwatch as the manufacturers seek to boost the flagging smartphone market. So how long? Do we reckon before Christmas? I'm pinning my hopes on it's before Christmas because you you have to hit a big market. If you're a a company like Apple, and I should imagine that if we we had one to give away, if I said, well, we've got one to give away, it will be because when it comes out, there'll be mass orders for it. People will want it. They'll want to buy it. Even if they don't use the thing, they'll just want to buy it. And it depends what it comes in at. Rumour has it, about 150 quid, you see. So it's, it's doable for a lot of people. £150 now is, is quite, quite doable. Anyway, for our, uh, for our gadget competition for today, it's another piece of good kit. Yesterday, we gave away a Toshiba laptop and Faye Burton Wallace from Shepherd's Bush got it. So well done. And today, it's the Apple iPad Mini. I mean, it's thin, it's light, it's very, very clever... It's it's just wonderful. 
It's nice. You could be the envy of all of your friends with the Apple iPad Mini. Uh, if you don't know how popular it is, just check the press. Just type it in on Google. There'll be a million and one pages on how brilliant it is, and you can win it on this programme this morning. And it's certainly doable. It could be your name. Don't automatically think, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be me who wins, because that's what everybody thinks every day. They think, oh, it's not going to be me who wins, and then blow me down. They get picked out, and they go, oh, I've won something. I've won something. So all you need to know is the answer to this question. Here is the question for today's gadget giveaway. What is the capital city, because we're doing capitals, obviously, all this week, the capital city of Brazil? What is the capital city of Brazil? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer. When I say text the word gadget, you have to put that in there because it sends it to the right part of the computer. If you don't put the word gadget on there, it gets lost in the system and it doesn't get registered. So gadget, first of all, then your answer. What is the capital city of Brazil? And you send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. The full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, because the Apple iPad Mini is very smart. If, you, if you've never played with one or seen one, you're going to be impressed. I don't care whether you're 9 or 90. Steve, woken in the Royal Box at Wimbledon, well, he must have taken British nationality in order to use the knighthood title. He's got no shame. Better you should be there, representing the Magic Circle and the CAA, showing us all the Indian rope trick. <laughs> That'd be quite nice. Kevin the trucker says, I'm polite all the time and I'm treated like rubbish. And Brian says, re fairground uh, stalled cons. I remember an episode of The Champions when Craig Sterling won hoopla. But of course, he had superhuman powers. Yes, the only way that hoop is going to go over is if you can manage it to go like a, like a flying saucer and then land vertically over the, uh, over the block. It has to go vertically and hit the ground. It'll never happen. It, it just, it, I've never seen anybody win on it at all. Must be one of the best things, must be, they must make a fortune out of this, because you're still people going for it. It's like the darts, or the little balls, you've got to roll, you've got to roll your balls down, um, into they, they go into a numbered slot, and you've got to come up at, um, some, come over, they've got to come up at even number, odd number. It's, it's quite difficult to do. Again, it's, it's scientifically worked out. Alan in Q says, I hear you talk a lot about going to Reading to shop at Costco. You won't have to travel far now. They're opening a new one next to the Western International Market. Good morning, Graham. Uh, I say, say that now because I believe that's where the cherries came from. I think the cherries came from him yesterday at Cheney's. I'm pretty certain anyway. Oh, guess what's back in fashion? I was a bit excited by this. All those old-fashioned names like Mabel and Stanley. Missed. Um, Mabel and Stanley. They're coming back in again. They're more likely to be spotted uh, in playgrounds and pushchairs as two in five couples are opting for old-fashioned baby names like Alfie and Grace. See, my, my auntie who died was called Grace. I've got one called Gwenda. Have you ever heard of that name before? So that's a really unusual name. I don't know where it, it comes from, actually. But uh, also Kai and Clay, the, the, the Wayne Rooney's have got them, but that's just chav. That doesn't even count as anything at all. And <coughs> this uh, claim, or the, this, uh, this sort of chain of names, was started by the Kardashians, who've got Kim, Chloe, and Courtney Kardashian. Again, all chavy name spellings. I was watching The Housewives of, was it Atlanta City the other day? And there's one, who I think it's a bloke in a, in a, in a wig. It looks, certainly behaves like a bloke. And had some friends round for dinner. They all fly out to, might have been Vegas or Los Angeles or something like that. Anyway, she's got a house in the hills. She invites them round for dinner. So all her friends fly in. She puts them up in this fabulous apartment place. She's got a pool. And then she said, right, dinner at my, my place at 9.30. What time do they turn up? 
What time do they turn up? Dinner at 9.30 at my house. They turn up at midnight. Well, I tell you, she did what I'd have done. You're having a laugh, aren't you? How rude are you? How rude and ignorant. If I say dinner's at 9.30, dinner's at 9.30, not 12 o'clock. She said, we're in bed. My kids are in bed now. She said, we've, we've gone to bed. You've ruined all the food, everything. Because you're so, you know, so useless. Dreadful people. I got quite angry watching it. Because I thought I'd been out with somebody like that. I've been out with somebody who's got no sense of timing whatsoever. I, under, I, I never understand why somebody... It's like Peter Andre. He turned up late for his own birthday party. No reason for it. He's just ignorant and just turned up late. And you think, how rude. People are sitting there going, where is he? They go, oh, sorry, I'm late. You go, well, it's not good enough. So anyway, a lot of people um, uh, now aren't branding kids Sharon or Kevin, I'm afraid. So now it's all going to be posh. Mabel's and Stanley's. Um, uh, a lot of people have chosen names with a colour, like blue grey and red and some people have got bear and tiger hasn't jamie oliver got buddy bear or something i mean god in heaven what's going on there what's that? Is that magic mushrooms or something and buddy bear for a boy i don't really like it it was bad enough with peaches and pixie geldof heavenly harani tiger lily i mean dear god in heaven that's the bad one but anyway other names that could make a comeback susan carol paul david and even beryl and barbara i got an auntie beryl I think I've got an Auntie Betty. No, Betty. An Auntie Betty. <laughs> Poor soul. And, um, interesting. Uh, one in four in our biggest cities is a migrant. Nine percent of homes in this country do not use English as a first language. Perhaps we should start... I often thought, actually, years ago, perhaps we should have sort of a lesson every day where you can learn a new word in a foreign language. I'd have to check it out myself, because if we rely on you, we'd have all sorts of rude words doing the rounds. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Which we don't really want, not as far as I know. Uh, 84850, uk. Did you buy the yellow watermelon? No. No, I got a bit scared about yellow watermelon. A lot of people were telling me that they, they recognise it, and they have tried it before. But uh, it just, I still go red watermelon. But apparently the best trick is the Jamie Oliver one. You buy a watermelon. They're about a fiver at the moment. They're, they're four to five quid, something like that. And you just cut a hole in it and you pour a bottle of vodka in. And the watermelon absorbs all the vodka. I don't advise this if you're under 17 or something like that, whatever the legal age for drinking is. Um, and you pour it in there, just let it absorb it. And then you sort of just cut the watermelon and you just eat the flesh. And if you can remember... After two bites, what you were supposed to be doing in the first place, you're a better man than I. That was my favourite trick years ago. We used to have a, a party trick, me, me and a friend, and we'd both sit in a room with a bottle of whiskey. And we'd each drink a bottle of whiskey, and then one of us would leave the room, knock on the door, and the other one had to guess who it was. It's a fantastic game. You could play that yourself at home. Try that late. No, don't try it this early. It's a bit too early. You could try it with Marmite on toast. It's, it's not quite as exciting. It works much, much better with the whiskey. It's LBC 97.3 at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Time now, 5.30. LBC 97.3 Text 84850 Tweet at LBC 973 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen Morning, 26 minutes to 6 Happy day, says Chris uh, uh, Today's the day for getting my new pets Maggots put on my leg ulcers Maggots? Why would they put maggots on your leg ulcers? I mean, I can understand them putting certain things on there which coagulate and uh, and stop all the the bleeding and stuff like that. Not maggots, though. And he says a fasting blood test, then new false teeth. Oh, what, what, what a thrilling day. And Sarah says, I don't know this Kardashian woman, but I read she's got a new baby called North. Yes. They've called it... Mind you, don't you not think that the stupidest name ever would be Harper Seven? I mean, that's got to be the stupidest... I mean, what were they on that night? Had she done a bottle of Ribena or something? 
You can't imagine them doing drinks, can you? Here she is, Miss Irritating, Miss No Talent, Kerry Coke Toner, who has uh, just been dropped as the face of this payday lender after declaring herself bankrupt for the second time in five years. She's just sticking two fingers up to you. She cannot be bothered to, uh, to pay at all. She was first made bankrupt in August 2008 after failing to deliver the final £82,000 of a £417,000 tax bill. She filed a petition under the name Kerry Jane Elizabeth Catone Wigan County Court. I don't know what this one is for. Uh, following, the, uh, following the recent turn of events, Cash Lady said they were no longer working with her. Uh, she then tweeted, No matter what life throws at you, hold your head up high, I know you've done your best. Well... I'm terribly sorry, darling, but I think you should be thrown into prison. The moment, you know, it's just ridiculous. You're adopting a celebrity lifestyle with clothes and everything else and going out there sticking two fingers up at hard-working people because you're too bone-idle to actually pay the tax which is due. So, in other words, all, all she does is just go out there and current... You know, apparently she turned up the other day at a gay pride event with some peculiar bloke who's going to be her latest, uh, latest husband. I'd rather you paid your tax, darling. I'd rather you did... You're earning all this money... And you're not bothering to pay tax. What a pathetic example you are of anything, really. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Terence says, Steve, rudeness and arrogance is a sign of weakness and deep-seated insecurity. Well, look no further than Kerry Katona, then. It, uh, it kind of leaps at you in, uh, in leaps and bounds. Actually, talking of things which leap out at you, over the past few weeks, we have had um, a few instances with bosoms. And I only mention it because people complained about Holly Willoughby who turned up on The Voice on the BBC, for which she earns apparently £400,000 a series, which is not bad if you can get it, showing a bit too much bosom. She might as well have just taken the dress off, but it's what she's famous for, and she's good at it. So then they've asked Anne Diamond and says, uh, really, cleavage should not be shown for breakfast. And so she highlights Kate Silverton. She said she has the wow factor, but in her place, I'd have hoiked up the top of that uh, dress to ensure that I retained my dignity. So she gets a big thumbs down for showing too much bosom. Kate Garraway, too much bosom first thing in the morning. It's breakfast television. There are young people watching. Uh, thumbs down for Susanna Reid. They say it's very, you know, very daring, her top, very beautiful, but God forbid she moves around too much. Um, she gives a, thumb, a th- thumbs up to Lorraine Kelly. Um, who's sort of... It's difficult to tell whether her, her bosoms are down by her kneecaps or not nowadays. Uh, then she's got Holly Willoughby on this morning. That's OK. Just enough to be interesting. Uh, Carol Vorderman on Loose Women. She's OK. Although, to be honest with you, again, I think showing too much bosom there. In fact, too much of everything. And then Rachel Riley on Countdown. Quite a lot of bosom. Uh, big no-no for Tess. Do you know, I can't tell. They all look the same to me. I think Carol Vorderman's showing way too much. I mean, she doesn't buy any clothes in her size at all. She seems to buy the size down. Tess Daly on Strictly Come Dancing, she says, uh, little girls love Strictly a bit too much for the audience. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger, a real thumbs down there. I mean, you might as well just take all your clothes off and sit there naked, love. Uh, Bethany Hughes, Britain's treasure hunt. She keeps nearly everything covered up. Uh, a bit of a distraction because she does have big... Big, big bazookas. And uh, Alicia Dixon, Britain's Got Talent, big thumbs down there. Alex Jones on The One Show. What are you thinking of, love? I mean, apart from the show, I mean, we know the show's bad, but don't don't help it on its way into the uh, into the potting room shed of disastrous programmes. Talisa, again, t- why don't you just take your top off, love? You know, make it so much easier. And even Nina Hussain on London Tonight. Glamorous, and yes, it's evening viewing, but how many viewers might be distracted from the news by her frontage? By a frontage. Makes it sound like a shop, doesn't it? A frontage. 
But uh, she's showing a bit too much bosom here. So if you could all cover up, Nina, if you could cover up, uh, Lorraine, actually, it's, uh, uh, Carol Vorderman, I think really you should be wearing a full burqa. I think that's so much better. Uh, Rachel Riley, it's sort of okay, I suppose. And Tess Daly, well, just stay in. You know, just don't don't go out at all, I'm afraid. <laughs> Please, don't show us all your bosoms, because that's what we're, we're actually getting on the television, and there's too much of it. I worked on a hoopla stand when the fair was in town for two days when I was 13, and it is indeed impossible to win. The trick is that the top of the pole is an oval, not a circle, so coming from the front, the hoop will never fit, but when you demonstrate it by sliding over at the right angle, it goes straight over, making people think it'll be easy. I know it, it, it just it must be the only thing that's been running on the fun fairs for that long that still nobody can win on, so they, they dig out these sweets which practically got mould growing on them by now. Just go and buy a big jar of sweets. Where you buy these from, I've no idea. Same place you probably go and buy everything else. And uh, Sunny Phoenix, says Lisa, which is where she is at the moment. I'm on an extended holiday, whereas my husband is still in London. Oh, right. So he's, he's obviously a bank robber, and he's, uh, he's getting the money out to you very shortly. I like Phoenix. That was that song, isn't it? By the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be waiting. And it ties in very nicely. There you are. I listen to you on an evening as we're eight hours behind and he listens to you on the way to work. And then later on in the day, we Skype each other and discuss your show. You must get a life. You really must get out a little bit more, I'm afraid. <laughs> Try Sainsbury's. Try Sainsbury's. They're always, they're always good for getting yourself a life. And, uh, of course, be on your phone, get somebody to shout at you, and then you get a £10 voucher. Might try that myself a little bit later on. Uh, the old-fashioned names coming back in use. Will they keep the spelling or change it? Mabel, M-A-B-E-L, could be M-A-B-L-E, which would be Mable. Doesn't sound the same, does it? And Stanley, there's bound to be somebody, S-T-A-N-L-I-E. Arthur says, I wonder if my name will come back into fashion. Well, not while you're alive, it won't, no. <laughs> Got to wait till you're dead first, and then it'll probably come back here. Get... Joe Arthur would have been so pleased, you know, his name's in. It'll be A-R-F-U-R, Arthur. Just, you just know it's going to be that, don't you? It is this dreadful spelling of things nowadays. It's just, it's, it's the influence of, uh, of, of chabs, of chabs everywhere, I'm afraid. Uh, you are quite right. You are quite right, says uh, Paul in Manchesterford, about the stars endorsing stuff. Now, just let me quickly tell you, in case you've just recently joined us on LBC, this is a story running on the front of the mirror and the sun this morning on how they've managed to hoodwink through the dispatches programme, Stars... Uh, getting freebies. They invite them to a, to a hotel and uh, they've given them some free stuff and then they've texted them saying, did you like your free stuff? Can you mention it on your Twitter? So, of course, they have. They've endorsed it because they've been given free stuff. And I said, it's not so much a TV... Pro- this is bit, this goes on all the time. This absolutely, It goes on at the Oscars. They give them a goodie bag to get them to go to the Oscars. The goodie bags at the Oscars can be worth thousands of pounds. Richard and Judy... When guests appeared on the programme, and they all did it, Paul O'Grady exactly the same. When celebrities appeared on the programme, they would find out what they wanted, and they would give them a gift. They would give them a gift. So I think in Paul's case, he had a, a robot that he bought for somebody, because they wanted a robot. And I, I bought it, was 100 quid. But it was a gift for people appearing. I think Richard and Judy, I'll have to check actually with Richard on Friday, but I'm pretty certain they've gave goodie bags of makeup and stuff like that. And when I've been out to the Ideal Home Show, they give you a goodie bag at the end, which has got uh, some tablets or a bottle of milk or something in there or, you know, it's, it's always something. So Paul says, you're quite right. I remember at one stage that nearly every new bingo club, casino and supermarket in the north was opened by Pat Phoenix or one of the other Corrie Cast. The difference was Granada kept an eye on them all. Anything given by the companies concerned had to be declared and an appearance thought to be damaging to the show or characters they played 
It was immediately stopped by Granada. That's why if anybody was offered a lucrative stage show or panto, they either refused or left the show to do it. And remember what happened to stars who did unauthorised magazine or paper interviews because they thought that they were bigger than the show. They were sacked. The checkout operator also gets my vote in this particular case. I have lost count of the number of times I've had people throw money at me when I put my hand out for it whilst they chat on the phone. It's a thankless job. Courtesy costs nothing. Having said that, though, not all retail staff are perfect either. As I've mentioned before, in my local Tesco, us customers are deemed an inconvenience. Interrupting staff conversations and even our last remaining independent news agent isn't immune. His mobile appears to be super glued to his ear as a branch manager. If anybody from our head office walked in and saw a customer waiting whilst I was on the phone, unless it was helping them with an order, my P45 would have been on the desk by the time I'd finished my call. How times have changed. Finally, the racist waiter... You mentioned the racist waiter that you mentioned. Was that a, a segment from the show narrated by Stephen Fry, which showed the attitudes of the British public to various scenarios? No, it was a different programme. There was the the uh, Stephen Fry one was showing that people are good. And so they came up with things like an old lady with lots of fibres on the ground. Would people pick them all up? The racist waiter was in this Rick, what's it, Rick Edwards programme, where it's a hidden camera just seeing how people deal with racism. Bless you. And other things like that. So, uh, no, it wasn't... It wasn't I did see the Stephen Fry one where he's sitting in the... Have you noticed? His clothes don't fit either. He's a bit Carol Vorderman. It's going to be my, my, new, my new phrase. It's going to be Carol Vorderman. I'm so angry about Kerry Katona. That really, really angers me. Out of anything else that this stupid, vacuous, vapid woman ever does, you know, and gets publicity on things, and she can't even be bothered to pay a tax bill, and she's laughing. She's sticking two fingers up to you who have to pay tax, and me, and loads of other people that we know. And she just goes, oh, they're going to declare myself bankrupt. Why, darling? Why can't you put your money aside like everybody else? It's not as if you've got a champagne lifestyle. You're a chav. You don't do anything. You, you, you survive on freebies all over the place. So anyway, she's now been dropped by the face of cash lady. But I suspect it was only a short-term contract anyway. I mean, anybody who has to go to one of these companies really need to get their life back in order again. Scott Sinclair, we shall mention later. Returning home after Helen Flanagan discovers he's been uh, sexting, sexting, which is when you send a rude text to this TV star. She's not a TV star. This is this ridiculous Paniatu woman. I mean, you've never seen anything more ridiculous in your entire life. She's not a TV star or anything else. She's just desperately insecure in a show-off. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Michelle in Luton says apparently uh, Rick Edwards was the roving reporter in the programme narrated by Stephen Fry. Same programme. You muppet. Oh dear. Sad, isn't it, when you live up in Luton? Not really a lot you could do up there when you're all by yourself and lonely, Michelle, but never mind. I'm sure you'll be happy in eventually. Um, Steve says... Um, Malcolm, if you throw the hoop as if you're tossing a coin, you'll have a 50-50 chance of winning. I've never seen anybody win. I've never seen anybody win. <laughs> I don't know why. It's one of those great ones. Uh, people who complain about what women on the television are just jealous because they wouldn't look half as good as they do. Well, I mean, that's a bit stupid, isn't it, really? Because, you know, they don't have to be good. But it, they, they have started the battle of the cleavage on television. 
I mean, it doesn't detract from anything that Holly, Holly Willoughby says, but she is jokingly called Holly Willoughby. And it all started because apparently 165 people complained about the fact that she was showing a bit too much chest on this programme, which is viewed by children. I mean, it's fine. Perhaps you're one of these these people who thinks, you know, that children should have access to all this kind of stuff, you know, which which is great, if you like that kind of thing. There's a, a woman here. She's a, a benefit a benefit claimant. She's a jobless mother of 11. Well, Sterilisation would have been a bit better, actually, as opposed to giving her a house. So they've given her a £500,000 house. You're paying for it. Her name's Heather Frost. She kicked up such a fuss, as these people do. They found... There was a programme on the television. It was the police, one of these police programmes. And again, it was some track-suited old divot with her boyfriend who'd just come out of prison for stealing. And they were in a road and they were stopped by the police, quite rightly. Anyway, this girl, who was either off her face on drugs or drink, decided to kick off. And in the end, she got arrested. And she was fined, I think, about £150. But uh, it's the same kind of thing here. This is a jobless family living in a half a million pound house. I bet the neighbours are thrilled. And uh, it's got everything. There's a dining area, a garden, and she's got 11 children. And uh, as somebody says, he lives nearby, he says, I can't believe she had the gall to go ahead with it. That just shows how unfair the government is towards people who work hard. Those who scrounge off the rest of us get everything. Well, it's Kerry Coke Toner all over again, isn't it? A woman with no discernible talent who's decided she wants to declare herself bankrupt twice. She's made no effort whatsoever to try and pay any money back. She, j- she just thinks, why should she bother paying? You know, and yet she's managing to find the rent for this sort of so-called luxury house. Kick her out. Kick her out straight away. This uh, jobless mother has got... She fell pregnant at the age of 14 to a 23-year-old boyfriend, had her second child, Toby, with a different father when she was 17. Uh, And then she's got Sophie, 21, Toby, who's now 19, Angel, 16, Jay, 14, Chloe, 13, Paige, 12, Emily, 10, Bethany, 9, Ruby, 7, Daisy, 6, and Tilly, 3. Um, she's already a grandmother of Sophie, has a two-year-old son, Ashley. Lovely. Earlier this year, she prompted Fury by saying, some of the mums have called me a rude word, but I love all of my children. I'd love to have more kids if I could. I'd like you to get out there and get off your bottom and go working, love. But, you know, I suppose we can't hope for that, can we? But it'll probably sort of wander off through. But now, um, th- she's known as the Queen of Scroungers. She's just one of life's lazies. Just one of life's lazies. The worst thing is that when she gets to elderly, you know, I couldn't really care less about her. She'll die alone, horribly. The children will be out there. You know, why should they bother working? They just follow the same pattern that the mother has, uh, has taught them, I'm afraid. Uh, still, We still have Wimbledon, do we? Is that still... How much longer does that go on for? Is it till Sunday? Good gracious. Dreadful. But you see, and then you, you get the story of the scrounging woman, and then you get the really nice woman, who's a super mum. This is Jane Plume. And uh, she lost her best friend in a car crash a few years ago. And so she's brought up her best friend's kids as her own. They all live in the same house. So the, the family grew quite well. She gave up her, uh, her job. Selfless Jane Plume now cares for brothers Lewis and Ashton Hibbard, in addition to her own three after their mother was killed in a car crash and their father died of cancer. Isn't that great? So they all lived... I mean, I, I think it's such a nice thing to... I've heard of this before. But uh, you look at them and they seem a very happy, well-balanced family. And so they all live with her in a place called Anstey. She's been named Mum of the Year. I mean, I would think so too. I mean, that's, that's over and above, isn't it? Over and above the call of duty. Anne Whittacombe today, talking about uh, Jeremy Forrest. I was curious to discover what Anne Whittacombe would say about Jeremy Forrest. And uh, she calls him an inadequate fool. She thinks that the girl should be allowed to go and see him in prison. She said uh, she'd be quite safe 
which is more than she was at school. This silly, besotted girl needs to see him for what he is, an inadequate fool, and she can see best that by seeing him. So, in other words, send him to prison. I mean, the man's an idiot. Quite clearly an idiot, whether his family go on television and sort of milk it for all they can. At the end of the day, he's a pervert. He abducted the girl, whether she went willingly, I have no idea. She says it's, you know, it's one of those things. She now sees herself as being martyred, but she's in love. Of course she is. She's 15, 16. They all believe they're in love at 15, 16. They're all in love with pop people as well, aren't they? You ask all the, the One Direction fans or the Take That fans, they all believed at the time they were in love. And if they screamed loud enough at Howard or any one of the boys from One Direction, they were going to end up going out with them. And, of course, they don't. They're not interested in them in that way. And so that's why she actually sort of groomed, as she said, the teacher herself. So she's quite clearly not at all trustworthy. Not the sort of person. Um, Kelly's eye talking about, uh, he said, I'm fascinated and stunned, to be honest, that 138 people complained about the voice. They were sufficiently offended by Holly Willoughby's revealing dress to complain to the BBC. He says, how do they muster such outrage? He said, it's a bit like the people who work themselves into a lather of imagination, indignation, sorry, about Pippa Middleton. Yes, she emerged with a lottery ticket of life by having our future queen as her sister in a nice bottom, but so what? Not like she's a drain on the public purse. Uh, it's such an old story, the Holly, Will- Holly Willow booby one now. But you, you do wonder, who are these people who sit there and write letters of complaint? I mean, surely they've got better things to do in life than actually write to the BBC saying it's absolutely disgusting. It's this, and you think, no, it's not really. It's just you being a little bit strange, I think. <laughs> not, not the normal sort of person. Not the normal sort of person at all. They, they're just people, I suppose, who just want to complain about things, which is OK, but I'd never go as far as actually writing to somebody. Weather for today, in case you've just woken up, it's heading up towards six o'clock, so if you're catching that five past six train, come on, up, 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 very quickly. Cloudy start, few spots of rain, drier throughout the morning, warm in the afternoon with bright spells, the high 21 centigrade. Currently it's 14 tonight, mainly dry through the evening with clear spells. Cloud increasing later with a few spots of drizzle, minimum 14 degrees centigrade. And tomorrow, largely dry throughout the day, broken cloud and sunny intervals. Cloudier in the afternoon, the high 24 degrees centigrade. So I take a little umbrella just in case the heavens open later on. And at least then you can say, well, at least we were prepared for it. Don't forget, we've got our gadget giveaway for today. Yesterday, we gave away a Toshiba laptop. Today, the Apple iPad Mini. It can be yours, provided you know the answer to this question. What's the capital city of Brazil? What's the capital city of Brazil? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you've got just over the 30 minutes. What's the capital city of Brazil? The text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So what's the capital city of Brazil? And you can get your hands on the Apple iPad Mini, provided you are picked out of the hat, and I hope you are. Um, uh, this is uh, lots of the papers saying the family tragedy that's returned to haunt Piers Brosnan two decades after his beloved wife uh, died. That was Cassie of cancer. The James Bond actor has now lost his daughter, to the same disease. I mean, absolutely tragic. And the and the pictures of the police here guarding um, Pilning Primary School, which is down in Gloucestershire, up in Gloucestershire. Uh, and police have been standing guard there to protect mums and children living in fear from gypsy tearaways. These, uh, these pieces of filth and trash down there have been throwing rocks, lashing out with sticks and hurling abuse at people. 
I mean, why the police haven't arrested them and thrown them in prison? I've got no idea. One mother of a six-year-old said I got a text from the school that the police would be there in the morning and at 3.30. I turned to my car around near the caravans and all the kids came around and said, get off our... and then use filthy language. But they are filthy people, I'm afraid. Uh, the mother with the six-year-old said the language is terrible. You just don't, you just don't expect it from people that age. These are kids aged 7 to 12. Their parents, of course, do this with full knowledge of exactly what's going on because the parents do it as well. One traveller said he'd smash my teeth in, said the landlord of the plough, uh, when I refused to let him in for a drink. They're really not pleasant people at all, are they? They do themselves no favours. And uh, most of them seem to spend a lot of their time in prison. That's why they're all pixelated. So uh, all this, you know, we are protected and all the rest of it. Well, if you started behaving like decent human beings, people might treat you a little bit differently. Uh, Other stories still to come from the papers this morning. Fern Britton says women are never too old to show off their legs. Get your legs out, girl, she says. Even if you're over 40, you're never too old to show them off. And uh, she says she's actually done it. She's actually had uh, herself pictured. She's lost the weight yet again. I love Fern. I think she's great. I think she was really good fun, actually. And then she did the Strictly Come Dancing. And so now she said, get your legs out and enjoy. I might do just that. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, if you have just joined us. It's a bit of a miserable overcast day today. There'll be a little rain around, so take a brol in. It should dry up a bit later. We should end up with a decent temperature of about 21 degrees. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. Abu Qatada could be booted out by Sunday. All the right paperwork has gone through. Everybody seems fairly happy with it. Now let's kick him out. And finally, we're getting, you know, it's getting that close. It's getting that close. There are those who believe it'll never happen. I personally think it will, and it could happen by Sunday. News at 6 is next. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, five past six. Run, you're going to miss the train. Come on, come on. We get it every morning at Twickenham. Poor old Brian stands there. You can always set your clock by them. I walk up the stairs, the train pulls in. (sighs) People are running all over the place. You think it's here at the same time every morning. Every single station, the same. Everybody else manages to make it on time. I've seen people running along, eating toast. Eating, they've got enough time to put bread in the toaster. And there's one man who runs through Twickenham. I mean, to be honest with you, he's running so fast he could knock people over. What he does when he gets on the train, I've got no idea. Anyway, it's nice to be company. Trust you well. A little bit of rain today, nothing too much to worry about. Nothing too much to worry about. So uh, enjoy. It's going to hit about 21 degrees. Kevin the Milkman says, so Kerry Coke Toner expects the rest of us to pay extra to cover her share of tax by going bankrupt again. I agree with you. Maybe it's time for a spell inside for her and maybe other so-called celebs will save money and cough up. Where's the shame of bankruptcy gone? Well, it doesn't exist. There is no shame in bankruptcy. She's learned how to play the system. I mean, I, I still question the fact, what on earth was she doing at Gay Pride? She's not gay. She's having a laugh at gay people, is she? Having a laugh? Or is she now trying to cultivate another audience? Frankly, anybody who turned up there and started paying, you think, wait, wait a minute, why haven't you paid your tax, love, like the rest of us? Like, as Kevin said, at the end of this month, millions of us will be coughing up after working 80 hours every week just to hand it over to the tax man. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I don't have any problem paying tax. I've earned the money, so I'm expecting to pay the tax on it. I wouldn't dream of going out there and spending it on, you know, my wasted lifestyle, which is what Kerry Katona does. I'd have the the kids put into care immediately. No messing around with this woman at all. She's too stupid for her own good. Get her out there to get a proper job. 
you know, why can't you just go and get a job and start paying this back? Stop living this stupid so-called celeb lifestyle. You're not a celebrity. You're a very stupid woman. A very stupid woman. So all this money that you've just been earning on this reunion tour, where's that gone? You've spent it, have you? You're a bigger disgrace than I thought. It's just appalling. It really is. These people need to... Especially people in show business, ladies and gentlemen, who earn a small fortune. You know, compared to... I mean, she had a tax bill of £417,000. Gives you a rough idea what she was earning, doesn't it? Still like her? I don't think so. Gary and Bromley says, Hoopla, when the stallholder demonstrates a ring that goes over the prize, they use a ring uh, which is larger than the others, but which you never get. Wouldn't surprise me. It works every time, though, doesn't it? People still go. I watch them. People still go for Hoopla. And I still watch people uh, in in sort of fun fairs. I, I love watching them going in for trying to win a naff old teddy bear. Lynn says... I agree with Fern. You're never too old to show off your legs. But please don't tell Holly Willoughby as she's likely to turn up dressed as a belt and two tassels. Well, she's practically there now, I think. Practically there now. Peter in Chester says, I've not heard you mention Sally Jackson in the last few days. Well, I thought she died. Is she still going? I can't believe she's still doing the job. No. No, we, 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 we sort of, we had our laugh at her expense. And uh, she's still got the worst voice on television. Mind you, she's not half as bad as the... The people on the jewellery channels flogging the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen. And as for bid television, have you seen some of the stuff that's on there? I mean, the sort of stuff that we have in our Poundland. I was trying to explain to somebody about Poundland. I call it Poundé Land. Made it sound a bit more sort of posh, isn't it? Poundé Land. And they've got these horrible little things with little little silly, um, what do they call Little lights in there which work on, on the sunlight. What do they call those ones? Solar lights, they're absolute rubbish, honestly. Anybody has got these, they have put these solar lights down, they've got a picture on the front of the box of them, cast it, the, the bulb is about tinier than my little finger. It gives, you'd have more light if you struck a match, I'm afraid. There's a, you know, don't ever waste your money on solar lights like that. The, the little fairy lights are fine. The little fairy lights, I've got loads of those, they're good. As long as you don't have them on every day, just charge them up every so often. So that's why we, 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 we can't mention poor old Sally Jacks because it was making her big-headed. And as you know, she's about 95 at the moment and she's barely toddling onto the set. And it's just the voice. It is the most awful voice I've ever heard. And I've heard some voices in my time as I'm in the business of voices. Uh, did you see the documentary, says Darren in Surrey, on the London buses and their drivers? Fascinating to see how high-tech the control rooms are these days and under how much pressure the operators and the drivers are to run the buses on time. I was quite amused by the old school drivers that said back in the day they could stop outside a pub, nip in for a quick pint while en route, or stop and let the conductor do a bit of shopping. Well, I think some of them still do that now, don't they? I don't think that's, uh, that's unheard of. Deanna says, good morning, Steve. I shudder every time the dire Kerry Katona is mentioned or makes one of her fortunately very rare appearances on television. Please, can anyone say what this infuriating freeload has ever done other than produce umpteen overweight, very plain kids? I'm still working night shifts for the NHS at the reasonably good age of 71 and have no intention of retiring just yet. Kerry Katona hasn't ever, to my knowledge, done a day's work in her sad, pathetic life. Please have a special Steve rant at her just for me and make a fairly old lady very happy. You are my tonic of the day. Well, I mean, she is. I mean, I think that literally she should be forced out there to get a job. Her agent should ditch her immediately because this stupid, vacuous lifestyle she's got at the moment. And again, twice, twice declared herself bankrupt now. She has no intention of paying tax at all. And that's what's so, so annoying about the whole thing that we have to work at the end of this month. I've got to hand over 
fair bit of money to the taxman, but I've earned it, and I save. I save to make sure that I've got the money there to pay my accountant, to pay everything else. She just, you know, she does nothing at all. Nothing at all. Shows up on a, you know, goes to gay pride. What in God's name was she doing there? Mind you, you get a lot of those sort of straight people who pitch up. And she did try the old trick a short while ago. Oh, I think I could be lesbian. I remember that. I mean, she's so stupid and deranged. It just, it just annoys me. I get, I get as angry as everybody else does, I'm afraid. No point in angering me at this time of the morning. I mean, I mean I'm in a fairly good mood. I start the programme in a fairly good mood. Sometimes it goes off the, goes off the boil a little tiny bit. Uh, other people who've uh, filed for bankruptcy, Steve. Uh, Clarissa Dixon-Wright. Uh, Chris Eubank. Did he do bankruptcy as well? Did Chris Eubank? I don't know. We'll have a check. Um, I mean, there should be a withholding tax system for people who've been made bankrupt by HMRC. What they should do, every time they have a job that comes in, the tax should be deducted for them. The agent should keep it. I think that would be that would be a lot better, wouldn't it? And that way, at least you knew that they would pay the money. At least you know that there is some chance that he was. He was declared, on the money he's earned, 1.3 million in taxes he didn't pay. Dear God in heaven. And what about Clarissa Dixon Wright? Uh, apparently, um, Peter says, three times. What do these people do with their money? I mean, I've learned from an early age. I mean, I don't think I'm particularly intelligent when it comes to tax. You know, I've got people who, who help me. I've got an accountant. I've got a bank manager. But we, we put the money aside. So when the tax man comes a knocking, then it, the money is there. And these people, Chris Eubank, what a disgrace. One point something million. It shows what these people earn, if that's what the tax bill was. You imagine what they've earned. And they can't be bothered to pay it. We had Wendy Turner-Webster, didn't we? Little, uh, what's it, Anthea Turner's sister, she's declared herself bankrupt. And her old man, who was in Minder, he also declared himself bankrupt. Then they had the cheek to write a book about it. You watch the next one, it'll be Anthea Turner. If they have to sell this house, because apparently they seem to owe money to different companies. She's got a company that's, that's uh, not made any money in ages and owes money. And then there's a joint company, I think. So, presumably, when they sell the ha- Clarissa Dixon has three times. Oh, that is outrageous. What, what over? How much? Was that was that a lot of money or just doesn't say, but just declared itself bankrupt? Is this some sort of joke in this country now where fat, and I use the term advisedly, overweight, I definitely use the word advisedly, you know, presenters on television who earn serious money. I mean, they earn a lot. If, if you look at Holly Willoughby, who's earned £400,000 from The Voice alone, quarter of a million for this morning... For sitting there, getting to wear frocks and somebody does your hair and makeup, and you just sit there with Pip Schofield, who's hardly ever on the television. You can imagine what he's earning. It'd just be as annoying as if he declared himself bankrupt. Be going, what? Well, where's, why have you not saved your money? What are you spending it on? I mean, you can only, I can, I can only hazard a guess at what Kerry Coke-Tone is spending her money on. I mean, I mean, you don't see her out at any posh restaurants, do you? So what, where's the money going? She's not putting it to one side. In other words, she's living beyond her means, which is, which is almost pathetic. But for Chris Eubank and Clarissa Dixon, I could probably sit here and do a list, I should imagine, of all those people in show business who've declared themselves bankrupt. But it's very annoying for the rest of you who scrimp and save and have to pay their, their tax. Many's the time we come up to the end of July and there's lots of people I know in tears. Go, mm, OK, well, you should have saved your money, shouldn't you? Whereas Carrie Coutinho will just declare herself bankrupt. I hope she never works ever again. She has to get, if she ever declares benefits, um, that's really going to push me over the edge. That really is going to get me going. All she's got to do is get... Why don't you go today? Why don't you go out there and get a job, Kerry? Why don't you try and do something? Prove that you're a worthwhile human being as opposed to this complete waste of space. Morning, 18 minutes past six. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning as the AA voice concerns that part of the M4 will lose 
its hard shoulder to ease congestion. Nick will be asking, is this a scheme that should be brought in elsewhere? Plus, how have we allowed the NHS 111 helpline to descend into such a shambles? And uh, if you have had children by IVF, how clever are they? Nick will be speaking to two mums with... Opposite opinions. Nick Ferrari and the team from seven this morning on LBC 97.3. Louisa Peacock is the Daily Telegraph's jobs editor. She'll be live in the studio to go through the papers. I wonder what she'll make of the the so-called sting. It's interesting that both the Sun and the Mirror are running with this. The sting, uh, which is on the dispatches programme. It could be the fake shake. And all it is is a few celebrities have picked up a few freebies. Nothing particularly exciting. It's not like a Lamborghini or anything like that. And uh, they've tweeted about it afterwards. And they've said, oh, you know, they've been, it's a freebie scandal. But they all do that. They've all done it, all these people. I think you will find that various people employed by certain companies will plug, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally. I always think it's, I don't know exactly what they're doing if they're plugging something. It's like somebody, you know, giving me a Rolls Royce and going, you couldn't mention the company, could you? I remember there was a famous person, I can't tell you who it is, but they were on television a lot of the time and... He wanted a kitchen. He wanted a new kitchen. So he went to this this company and they said, yeah, more than happy to fit a £30,000 kitchen for you, which was a fortune in those days. And uh, and they said, well, you know, can you mention it on this programme, which was getting particularly high ratings? Because that would have covered it. And he said, well, I'll try. He said, but I can't guarantee anything. And it's, as it turned out, he couldn't do anything because it, you can't just weave into a programme the type of which he was doing. Oh, by the way, this new kitchen I've got here from so-and-so, because you can't do it, it just would have looked very odd and it would have been payola. I always remember, and I've always, I've always repeated this story, uh, seeing EastEnders years and years and years ago, going back 20 years, 20 plus years, and they had a close-up of some royal jelly tablets on the table in the Fowler's house. And I remember thinking, that's product placement. That's, it was so deliberate that the camera zoomed in on these royal jelly tablets, which were very much the in thing at the time, Regina royal jelly tablets. Strangely enough, by the time it got round to the repeat, they'd cut it out. We used to see it on um, that Ready Steady Cook thing, didn't we? With Ainsley Harriet with a fork. And he, uh, he would have companies on there and they'd say, oh, right, so what have you brought for us? Well, we brought from Elgin Farm Puddleworth, you know, our delicious ice cream, which comes in 22 different flavors. I'm thinking, this is payola. This is on the BBC. This is people who quite clearly have sort of said, oh, we'll also leave loads and loads of, uh, of ice cream for the crew if you can mention it on national television. Terrible, really. Uh, the gadget giveaway, you've got nine minutes left. I'm sorry to go on about it, but it is an Apple iPad mini. We're not just talking a bar of chocolate here. We're talking about a super-duper bar of chocolate. The Apple iPad Mini, and after Faye Burton-Wallace from Shepherd's Bush got that uh, Bern is the capital city of Switzerland and got the fabulous Toshiba laptop, we thought, for today, being Wednesday, the Apple iPad Mini. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, don't go into the competition because it's, it's so good. I don't, want to, I don't want to bang on about it too much. So one lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today at 6.30. So it's only a matter of a few minutes away. All you need to do is know the answer to this question and be picked out. It can be you. Don't ever think it can't be, because that's what everybody else thinks. And then they get picked out and they get the phone call. They go, I can't believe it. I've actually won something. What's the capital city of Brazil? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. And the full terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Uh, 84850. 
Uh, Andy says, I will be attending the 24th Ealing Beer Festival at Walpole Park this evening. You might wish to attend for warm flavoured beers and several marquees surrounded by the cast of Last of the Summer Wine. He said it beats watching that uh, yawn, yawn, knocking balls backwards and forwards on a lawn. I know. See, the trouble is it's very nice this evening, but unfortunately I'm in bed by that time. By the time any of these things get... And also, who goes to a beer festival on a Wednesday? Midweek. I've never heard of such a thing. Nobody goes midweek, do they? Unless they're either unemployed... Or, uh, or your Kerry Coke toner. Uh, 84850. Uh, Larry says, can we send Kerry Coke toner and Abu Qatada back to Jordan as a two-for-one offer? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And Jamie says, do you think Kerry or Jordan will ever grow old? I think they've grown old already. You've only got to look at the papers to see how, how ancient poor Jordan's looking at the moment. I mean, that really is. That's a, an absolute disaster. She's tried the Botox. She's tried all the other things. And was really, she shouldn't have touched herself at all. She should have just, just left it. Because it's it's looking very sad and lonely. And as somebody pointed out a short while ago, do you think she could ever find anybody to marry or go out with or whatever she does with her dreary life uh, who's actually got some money? Truth of the fact is, anybody who's got any money isn't remotely interested in her, so she has to be flash with them. Uh, this is um, prices in the shops. Oh, there's a, um, a barmaid suspect shopping on CCTV. This is... Uh, Michael Cope buying snacks released last night. This is the murder and rape suspect. It was filmed at 10.45 on Friday. Won't be long before they have him in, in custody. Uh, then there's the story, which has got everybody going today, at Sainsbury's. This woman standing there on her phone, and the till assistant goes, I'm not going to serve you until you put your phone down. Simple as that. Uh, a top BBC star has been officially warned over inappropriate behaviour. I did hear of one particular person who turned up on one show and was barred from the BBC for a, a period of time for very inappropriate behaviour towards women. This celebrity, said to be a high-profile TV talent, was sent a written warning two weeks ago. It's believed the offence was bullying or other unacceptable treatment of staff. The warning was fired off by Danny Cohen, who told of the action at a BBC conference on bullying in the workplace. He refused to name the star, but said, people can't behave like that. Well, of course, now you're all asking the question, aren't you? Who is it? I'm also asking the question, who is it? Who is that person who's been sent the letter by Mr Cohen saying this bullying of staff is unacceptable? It's obviously a big name. It's obviously a big name, and it's obviously somebody who works for the corporation who's been warned that if it happens again, you're in big trouble and we'll kick you out. Don't you just... I seriously want to know who that is now. I'll have to find out. I'll have to ask my uh, my contacts. Somebody will know. It'll be it'll be, it'll be be the talk of everything. Oh, look, they're still trying to uh, tell us that Talisa's an interesting person. No, you're not. Um, and Kitty's name's getting even wackier, which is what we said earlier on. People just don't... They seem to want to go for funny names nowadays. And a top hairstylist body was left in his Mercedes uh, in a car park, a city car park, for five days after police twice failed to search the car. Here's his car. He's gone missing. Do they open the doors? No, he's in the car. An inquest uh, said that he died after inhaling uh, chloroform. He'd attended a fashion show at the House of Fraser. Uh, this is Jason Jennings. And the police didn't even bother looking in his car, which is kind of the first place you'd look. We found his car in the car park. Let's not bother looking inside it. You'd think after five days in a hot car park, you know. How many Muslims will tune into TV's call to prayer? Nobody. This is what uh, Anila Beg says. She's their Muslim writer. And uh, she, she says here, I mean, that nobody's going to be taking any notice. It was a publicity stunt. No more 
No less. Muslims don't need to be advised on things like that. Qatar to be booted out by Sunday. This is a ten-year battle. The sooner he's gone, the better. Uh, Zed Express, Storm French on divorce dating and how she found love again after Lenny, which is very nice. Mirror Today, uh, bargain Britain. They say that prices are plunging now. We all stand a very good chance of getting bargains everywhere. And the Coronation Street stars caught taking freebies in exchange for plugging products in a humiliating TV sting. Nothing new. Didn't one of the producers on Coronation Street manage to get his son's record played on the jukebox in the Rover's Return? And so people go, what's that record? He went, oh, that's, uh, that's my son's group. And then everybody went, oh, he's a really nice man anyway. And I thought, no, that's called product placement. That's called illegal. Uh, Daily Star, Big Brother, Death Threat, Terror. Wolfie will be uh, escorted from the house. No, I've got no idea either, I'm afraid, as nobody's watching Big Brother. The Sponger Mum in the £500,000 mansion. And Dynamo has revealed that the Queen, no less, keeps inviting him round to perform tricks at Buckingham Palace. He told yesterday of his excitement of being able to entertain the royal family. Asked to his biggest famous fan, as he said, the Queen, I keep getting invited to a house to do a bit of magic here and there. I think the royal family know my name is exciting. I grew up on a council estate, so I haven't done too badly. Well, some members of the uh, royal family practically grew up on council estates. Certainly hung around a few of them. So uh, not so exciting there. Do you think the Queen invites him round? It's the Queen here. Would you like to come round and show us a card trick? I don't quite see it myself. And uh, Mandela's family are arguing over the graves. This is the story that we ran last week on LBC 97.3, where they were talking about, you know, is he going to be buried here? Will he be buried at the house? What, you know, where will he be buried? But if you really need a, a nice picture today and you need cheering up, then uh, there's a lovely mongrel called Tarsin, who's become an unlikely guardian to a duckling abandoned by its mother. They are now inseparable inseparable at a village farm in Turkey's... Oh, dear, it's in Turkey. I just get the feeling it won't last till Christmas, this poor thing. But uh, it's a nice picture of the, the dog feeding its puppies and the duck trying to get a look in, as they always do. Listen, thank you very much indeed for your company this morning. We're back again tomorrow morning. Had a few problems with the podcast, but I think it's all up to date now. We think it's, uh, they're all coming through. And if they're not, just let me know and we'll sort it out as we can. But it's, it's the amount of people downloading that's caused a terrible headache for us. So it's, we've sorted out as far as I know, and we should be up to date. Thank you for your texts and emails. And we'll have a free podcast for you up in about, about 30 minutes' time and the rest of the programme up a little bit later on. Join me tomorrow morning from 4. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Nick and the team with you just after the news at 7 this morning. Coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder.